The following program is paid for and presented by John DeMassey. The opinions expressed are not those of Town Square Media or station advertisers. WPG Talk Radio 95.5 presents Talk with a Purpose. Join the conversation by calling 609-407-1450. Now, the host of Talk with a Purpose, John DeMassey. Well, it's not John DeMassey, it's Seth Grossman. Uh, John is uh, taking care of business elsewhere, and I'll be joining you, uh, or be sitting in his chair, or more accurately, standing up uh, where he stands until 11 o'clock this morning, when I believe Joe Yakovich is uh, coming in as scheduled. So everything is normal. The phone lines are open, 609-407-1450, and... uh, I'd like to just uh, say that, yes, libertyandprosperity.com, they'll be meeting without me. In fact, uh, they'll probably be able to get a word in edgewise. Uh, we'll have our vice president, Brian Fitzherbert, will be um, uh, sitting in. But we also have uh, great personalities. Uh, we, we have uh, David Minio. We have uh, Rosemary Martella, uh, David Goloff. We have a whole lot of uh, folks uh, make the conversation very interesting. And, of course, that conversation starts uh, Saturday from 9.30 to 10.30 uh, at Sal's Cafe, Groveland Avenue, and uh, New Road in Summers Point. And uh, I'll talk about a few other things if you want to know all of our talking points or the ones I talk about. They're all posted at libertyandprosperity.com. And there's a lot of new and interesting stuff which I believe will make you better informed than, uh, than half the people, uh, the so-called experts in our government and even in our military and even in the Israeli government, uh, especially the history that we've done on the roots of what's going on in Israel and uh, Gaza, that it, it didn't start with, uh, with uh, 2005, didn't start with October 7th, didn't start in 1948, started 300 years ago with a, uh, a um, I guess, a preacher in Arabia named Muhammad Wahhab who was shaping Islamic culture at the same time that Benjamin Franklin was flying his kites in Philadelphia. And, and we'll talk about that uh, d- during the course of the program. And, uh, but before we get started, uh, I just want to mention a couple of news items and that is dealing with the biased news uh, that is shaping public opinion and is shaping the presidential election. I don't know if you, you listened to the top of the news just, just now, just on Fox News. They talked about uh, there were three candidates in Iowa at a Thanksgiving uh, family um, uh, convention or gathering of some sort. And uh, the three, of course, were Florida Governor Ron DeSantis, uh, former South Carolina Governor Nikki Haley, and uh, I, I guess uh, a, uh, a, a high-tech uh, you know, billionaire called uh, Vivek Ramaswamy. They were all there, but notice how Fox News only described what Nikki Haley had to say and what Ramaswamy had to say and didn't even mention the name of Ron DeSantis. So, uh, and, and if you have been following the race, you'll notice that uh, Nikki Haley has been rising, Trump has stayed in the lead, and, uh, and of course, Ron DeSantis has been 
losing support. And why is he losing support? Well, do you think the coverage of our so-called conservative media, like you just heard a few minutes ago, has something to do with it? Uh, We'll talk about it uh, at 609-407-1450. Now, what I'd like to do, uh, normally, of course, uh, John DeMassey opens a discussion with about a 10-minute monologue, and then he normally brings me on, uh, and I uh, speak until the bottom of the hour. But since I'm here for the full uh, opening 20 or 25 minutes, I'm going to uh, sort of combine uh, his, uh, John's monologue with what I would say and, uh, and then open things up to calls uh, starting with the 9.30 hour. Uh, first, a couple of uh, items that it's funny how the uh, most important stuff never seems to make the headline news. And I'll give you an example. Uh, even though I'm retired as a lawyer, and even though I spend uh, pretty much uh, more time working at my retirement hobby of trying to save Western civilization with libertyandprosperity.com, uh, I still have my uh, phone number, my lawyer phone number, and I still get calls from people with uh, legal questions. And I got a call about uh, a situation that just shows the total absurdity of a government in America that has no common sense whatsoever. It was a gentleman who had applied for a job as a school bus driver. And he was denied because 25 years ago, he had a, uh, a violation for possession of under 25 grams of marijuana. And, uh, and he said, well, how can I uh, uh, get, get the job? And, and I said, well, it, it should be. It's so, so remote in time. I, Gee whiz, you must have been uh, in your early 20s. He said, yeah, um, that was before I got married, before I got a job, before I did all these other things. So I've grown up a whole lot since then. And now with uh, you know, so-called um, legal marijuana all over the place, he, he didn't think it would be a problem. And I said, well, I'm sure that if you would uh, contact the uh, proper school officials, they would say that, uh, yeah, uh, just uh, honest, you honestly disclosed um, your past problem. You're obviously well over it. You should be able to drive. So it turns out that uh, that offense is called a disqualifying offense. And he cannot get a job driving a school bus because of what happened uh, 25 years ago for a very minor offense that did not involve any, what we call moral turpitude, any, any criminal, uh, uh, you know, criminal situation. But they did tell him that he could get the job if he got his record expunged. And I don't happen to do that anymore. It's a process that takes about six to eight weeks uh, where you have to notify various law enforcement agencies. You have to show you've had a clean record since and they will expunge the record And believe it or not, once you get a record expunged, it is legal to lie in New Jersey. You can legally say, I swear I have no previous convictions or no criminal record and uh, the state can't use it. It's it's gone from your records. So isn't this absurd? I mean, what difference does it make if somebody has a minor violation that does not affect their present character or ability to do a job today, 
or whether you force that person to spend about 1500 bucks and two months to get a piece of paper from a judge that says we're going to pretend that the, um, the criminal record did not exist. I mean, I'm putting that right up there with what I spoke about a week or two ago about you, you, you own a house by the, on an island community like Brigantine, Atlantic City, Ventnor Margate, Longport, uh, Ocean City, and so on. And uh, it's, it's an old house. You want to put in a new bathroom. You want to put in a new kitchen. You want to get better windows and so on. And then you find out that you can't get any building permits unless you agree to spend $75,000 to raise the building 14 feet off the ground, supposedly uh, to protect the environment uh, and, and all that stuff. So what we used to have in America, we used to have a country where people were sort of uh, rewarded for doing the right thing, uh, punished for doing the wrong thing, and now in America, it, it's just the opposite. That if you try to follow co- common sense and do the right thing, the law punishes you. And if you do the most absurd things, you're rewarded. So just uh, my thought on that this morning. The other thing I like to talk about, the Liberty and Prosperity teaching calendar. As I pointed out, uh, after months of research and with the help of a historical uh, commission grant from the state and from the uh, Atlanta County, uh, Liberty and Prosperity put together a calendar, which is a remarkable document. And I never realized how good it was. You know, sometimes you start a project and you want to do something and it turns out much better beyond your wildest dreams. Well, that's what this calendar is about, uh, because besides being a calendar, it tells an inspiring story every month about real people who lived in Atlantic City, in the South Jersey area, who gave us the culture of liberty and government that we have. And we also have others who took advantage of that and saw those opportunities and achieved spectacular success. And the um, calendars, they cost us uh, $2.50 to produce. We're giving them out uh, in packets of 10 for $20. But we're waiving that fee in a lot of situations because this is not really a fundraiser for libertyandprosperity.com. It's an educational project. So if you can put these calendars in the hands of people who would actually read them, especially young people, uh, we would uh, uh, waive the fee and give those to you. So I keep quoting my old uh, mess sergeant from basic training. Uh, we invite you to take what you want, but eat what you take with these calendars. And here's what's remarkable uh, about these, these calendars. Uh, there was a letter to the editor of the Press of Atlantic City last Thursday. And, and for those of you who, who get the press, of course, we get it mailed to us and we get it online. But you had a letter from a woman or a girl, I don't know, called Anne Pompelio of Brigantine. And she wrote uh, this letter uh, you know, saying, um, I, I forget the, her exact term uh, about how, let, let's see, it says, maybe, her, oh, the, the headline was, maybe non-white skin is less valued than white. That was the theme of her letter published in last Thursday's press. 
And basically, the letter opened with Anne Pompelio of Brigantine saying, My Irish ancestors faced discrimination. My Italian ancestors were not considered white. It only took about one generation for their progeny to be considered true Americans entitled to all America has to offer because European immigrants of varied ethnicities intermarried produced white children who had the right to call themselves American. So what she said in a way was true. That was the miracle of America. That um, when, when my grandparents came to this country, my grandfather could not get a job uh, in, in his engineering profession because he was a Jew. Uh, others were discriminated. Uh, but he had faith in America, knowing that if you worked hard, you applied your talent, uh, you saved, you planned, you worked with others, you could achieve the American dream. Now we take that for granted. And now we're all called, oh, we're nothing but white people. But I have a clear memory of how this was not the case in the old country. Back in the Europe, if you were Irish, you were of the Irish race forever. You never had a chance to get accepted in England. If you were Jewish, you never had a chance to get accepted. I know Italian uh, immigrants, if your father you know, didn't own land or didn't have connections with the uh, local nobility, you could never succeed, no matter how good you were. And that was the brilliance of America. And I saw this uh, when I was a student in the 1970s. I used to hang around the Irish pub on St. James Place in Atlantic City uh, at the time of the Troubles. At that time, you had Catholic Irishmen and Protestant Irishmen who were killing each other. And I remember uh, sitting around a bar where you had a whole maybe a couple dozen of Irish students. And I said, how can you possibly have a fight over religion like that? How do you even know who's Catholic and who's Protestant? And what really stunned me there at the Irish pub, uh, you have 20, 30 students sitting around a bar and, and uh, an Irish friend of mine said, oh yeah, that one's a cat. Gee, that one's Catholic. This one's a prod. This one's a cat. They knew and I had no idea how they knew, but when you hate and you have bigotry, uh, it doesn't matter what skin, you know, color your skin is. So the fact that we in America overcame that so quickly is something to be proud of America for. Uh, now, but then the letter goes on and she says, you know, so she said, you know, all these uh, European immigrants and just a couple years later, they're all their children and grandchildren. They're considered white and they're accepted as Americans. But then she falsely says this, uh, this Anne Pompelio of Brigantine. The same cannot be said of black, brown, or biracial people. Hard work, advancement, and education do not guarantee Americanism. Why? Maybe because non-white skin is still less valued than white in the land of free with liberty and justice for all? Now that statement is an absolute lie. And it's a, a product of what our public schools, what our colleges, what our media, and what our um, Hollywood entertainment is producing. The fact that I'd say two-thirds of young people believe that garbage. And that goes back to why our calendar is so important. Because in that calendar, uh, if we go to the February uh, panel, we have... Uh, stories like John McKee, who created McKee City 
in Egg Harbor Township, right by English Creek Road. Uh, very few people know that he was black, grew up as a slave, won his freedom, worked as a, uh, at a rest- at restaurants as a waiter in Philadelphia, and became a multi-multi-millionaire by uh, developing real estate. And one of his successful developments was McKee City uh, in uh, Egg Harbor Township. And he was certainly praised as an American, respected as an American. Uh, we also told a story of uh, George Henry White, um, again, slave in North Carolina. After the Civil War, he became a, uh, a lawyer, a successful congressman, um, had a, uh, uh, developed a bank to help other blacks succeed. And when the South went crazy uh, during what was called the... Um, I guess the reconstruction, there's a whole story that we tell in the calendar. Uh, He came up with uh, millions of blacks coming up north for what was called the Great Migration and built very successful lives in New Jersey. And of course, George Henry Wright founded the uh, development of Whitesboro in Middle Township in Cape May County. And then we have the story of uh, Sarah Spencer Washington, um, opened up a uh, black woman, opened up a uh, hair salon on Baltic Avenue in Atlantic City, uh, found out that the hair products were, and, and beauty products were not suitable for African-American hair or, or skin. So she goes and takes courses at Columbia University in chemistry, develops a wide range of products, and becomes a multimillionaire right here in Atlantic City. Now we tell her story. And there was a time when Black History Month was Black History Week, and before that it was Negro History Week. And basically the whole purpose of Negro History Week was to give examples, just like we have in the calendar, of Americans who were, um, who worked, who succeeded, and who were recognized as good Americans way back to the time of George Washington. So um, the, that, that premise of, uh, of Ann Pompilio is just so wrong but there's such a great way to overcome that, uh, you know, that, that kind of uh, attitude or negative attitude towards America than by getting our liberty and prosperity calendar. Um, and, and, of course, to find out uh, how to do it, uh, co- uh, log into libertyandprosperity.com, uh, call the old Seth Grossman Summers Point Law Office, which is now the Liberty and Prosperity Headquarters, Uh, 609-927-7333, that's the office number, Uh, or show up at a Saturday morning breakfast uh, between 9.30 and 10.30 at Sal's Cafe in Summers Point, and they always have plenty of calendars uh, to hand out, and and if you can find someone who'll read them, uh, you'll really do uh, the people you know, especially young people in your family, a great service. I'd like to do uh, an experiment right now. I guess it's... uh, it's about uh, 21 minutes after 9, and again, I'm going to take my normal break at 9.30 and then uh, open it up to phone calls, and I see already we have uh, John of Ocean City and Bob of Cape May waiting. But I, I'd like to uh, talk about the presidential election, and um, actually, let's do an experiment. Uh, let's have John or, or Bob of Cape May waiting on hold, and they'll be the first callers. But I'd like to do a snap poll of the election the way uh, legendary Pinky Kravitz used to do it. He would just ask people to call in 
and not talk about the candidate, but just say which candidate they would vote for if the election were held today. And, uh, and just give the name of the candidate, one quick reason why, and what their main source of news was. And that'll give us a, uh, an idea as to where we stand in this presidential election. And uh, he would always close it after five or ten minutes because he just wanted to get a random sample of who happened to be listening to, pr- to the program at that moment without uh, giving people time to call up all their friends and, uh, and have an orchestrated campaign for or against a candidate. So I'm, I'm, do we have any open lines there to do this, Chris? So I'm going to ask you, starting now, uh, 23 minutes, to, to call in and tell me if the election were held today for president in the June primary of next year, please tell me uh, on the air who you would vote for and why uh, and uh, what your main sources. Uh, and, the, of course, if you're a Republican, the choices are Trump, DeSantis, Haley, Vivek, and Chris Christie. If you're a Democrat, the choices are Biden, uh, Gavin Newsom. Uh, and RFK Jr. or Michelle Obama. All right, we have George of Atlantic City. Real quick, who would you vote for if the election were held today? Absolutely, Donald J. Trump. Okay, and the reason? The only one that's got the testosterone to straighten this ship out. Okay, very good. And what's your main source of news, George? I listen to all of it. Okay, thank you very much. Phone lines are open, 609-407-1450. Uh, if you'd like to call in, we're going to try this experiment to the bottom of the hour, if it works. And, of course, if it doesn't work uh, and we don't get calls uh, asking what your preference is, uh, we'll, uh, we'll just go on to the regular calling and my remaining seven minutes in the monologue. So uh, 407-1450, area code 60, 609. If the election were held today and you were a Republican, uh, and, and this were the June primary of next year, and you saw Trump, DeSantis, Haley, Vivek, and Chris Christie on the ballot, who would you vote for? If you're a Democrat and you saw Biden, uh, Michelle Obama, or Gavin Newsom on on the ballot, who would you vote for? Or would you vote for none of them or vote for RFK Jr.? All right, going once, going twice, phone lines are open, 609-407-1450. And by the way, if you call in for this, this does not count for whether you call in, because those who know me know that I, I have my own Grossman rule uh, that I only uh, uh, allow one person to call in one show, one time to talk about one topic. But when I take these polls, I, uh, I, I waive that rule just so I get people to call in. All right. And I, I'm going to eagerly wait for the calls to... Uh, come in from Chris again. If the primary election were held today, Sean, where are you from? And uh, we have five minutes left to the bottom of the hour to do this. Republican, would you vote for Trump, DeSantis, Nikki, Vivek, or Christie? Democrat, would you vote for Biden, uh, or uh, would you vote for Gavin Newsom or Michelle Obama? Okay, who do we have? We have, who's next? Jo- Joan from Absecon. Uh, Good morning. Good morning. morning, If the election were held today, who would you vote for? I would vote for uh, Donald Trump. Okay. Uh, Uh, The reason? His past accomplishments and the things that he did when he was in office. Very good. Um, And and your prime source of news? um, I just, 
I, I can't bring myself to sit any length of time in front of these news things, but um, uh, so I do. I just flip through the, the news okay. stations. Okay, so and, it's various. Uh, Th- Joan, thank you very much. Let's go to Sean of West Creek. Sean, who's your choice? Robert F. Kennedy Jr. He's an independent. He realized the Democratic Party is corrupt and her primaries are rigged. Okay, uh, and your prime source of news? Atlantic City Press. Okay, very good. Thank you very much, Sean. Uh, All right. What's your name? I have two waiting in line, 609-407-1450. Who's next? Uh, Nobody's on? All right. um, So I'm going to call an an end. The experiment did not work all that way. We got uh, basically two for Trump. Oh, do we get two for Trump or three for Trump? I forget now. Three. With three for Trump and one for RFK Jr. And uh, that just gives me three minutes to express uh, my preference. And I would go for Ron DeSantis, governor of Florida, as many of you know. And my... uh, my opinion is different from uh, that of most of uh, Liberty and Prosperity. In fact, our vice uh, president, Brian Fitzherbert, is uh, very much for Trump. But the, uh, the reason I'm for DeSantis is, number one, uh, that DeSantis understands the system and can talk the rhetoric uh, into uh, words. All right, I'm going to get the last one. Joe of Smithville, uh, are you calling in for, the, for your opinion? Yes, for the uh, poll. Okay, could you make it a little louder in my earphones? I'm having trouble hearing. Uh, yeah, for the poll. I was I would vote for DeSantis. I have left the Republican Party. I'm independent now. But I would be able to go in and I would pick DeSantis because I think he's reasonable. Okay. I think Trump is a loose cannon. All right, now, uh, just so you know, uh, under New Jersey law, when you say you left the Republican Party, if you uh, voted in a Republican primary before, of course, you could vote in June. But if you filled out a change of party affiliation card, uh, you would uh, you would not be able to vote in Republican primary unless you filled out a form six weeks ahead of time. All right. Thank you. For, and by the way, what's your prime source of news? Uh, Joe? Uh, I, Fox and uh, like online stuff. Fox I, and I, online. I, very good. Thank you very much. All right. This will be the last one. And this is uh, what it gave uh, Gale. Oh, Gale of Galloway Township. If the primary election were, were today. Who would you vote for for president, Gail? Ron DeSantis. Ron DeSantis. Okay. My, my primary sources are Fox News, some newspapers, and television. I try to get a mix. Oh, very, very good. And your, and your uh, reason for DeSantis? Real one sentence? Or- I feel a very sound person. I think he really has the heart of the country and the best things for the people. Oh. Um, okay. Well, I, I just I kept everyone all short. So thank you very much. And feel free to call again if you want to talk in more detail. All right, it's now 9.29, and I didn't even have a chance to go into my... The the way I had it planned, I was going to have like uh, 10 minutes of polling and 5 minutes to get my opinion in, but it turned out to be 10 minutes of polling and 1 minute for my opinion. So let's... uh, We take a normal break at the bottom of the hour. Let's do that, and then we'll go back to our regular order of business, and we have... uh, We come back, John of Ocean City Waiting and Bob of Cape May. Joe Yakovich is registered with and securities and investment advisory services are offered through Brokers International Financial Services, LLC, member SIPC. Brokers International Financial Services, LLC is not an affiliated company. 
When it comes to you and your family's financial wellness, there are so many things to talk about. We could go on forever. To help guide you along the way, Joe Yakovich has written a book called The Heart of Your Money, Inspiration for Financial Wellness. In the book, Joe talks about longevity, inflation, retirement surprises, and many other topics. For your free copy of The Heart of Your Money, call the office of Joe Yakovich at JML Financial at 856-751-1771 or email Joe at jayakovich at brokersifs.com. For over 37 years, Joe Yakovich has been helping families throughout the area navigate the difficulties of a sound financial plan. You'll find Joe's approach to be different and not just the cookie-cutter methods that are prevalent in today's world. The path to your financial wellness and or retirement starts with a call to Joe Yakovich at JML Financial Group, 856-751-1771, 856-751-1771, or email Joe at jayakovich at brokersifs.com. And this is Seth Grossman of LibertyAndProsperity.com standing in, literally, uh, for John DeMassey until the 11 o'clock hour when uh, Joe Yakovich comes in and tells you uh, in financial terms all the depressing stuff (laughs) uh, that I tell you from a political point of view. So you definitely want to hear him. Uh, I closed the the snap poll and it was uh, three for Trump, two for DeSantis, one for RFK Jr., uh, and of course, it has no uh, validity other than a snapshot as to a, somewhat where this radio audience is. All right, let's go to John of Ocean City, waiting patiently. John, welcome to the program. You're on the air. But let me caution you, one call, one topic, um, and please do not read. Please tell us you know, uh, your opinion as opposed to uh, reading something. Thank you very much, John. You're on the air. That's fine. But if I stay on topic and it seems like I'm going off topic, at least let me finish my sentence. Absolutely. Uh, regard, yeah, regarding presidents, I think Ron DeSantis would make an excellent president, but I think we need him for the next decade as a younger man. My first choice would be uh, President uh, Trump reelected. So anyway. All right, I'll, I'll, uh, I'll, I'll bump Trump up from uh, three to four. So it's four Trump, two DeSantis, <laughs> and one RFK. I'm, I, I got you in under the wire. All right, next. Go ahead. Okay. This recent letter that surfaced, supposedly written by Osama bin Laden, it's almost verbatim to uh, these Hamas, uh, pro, the, pro-Hamas protesters out in the streets now supposedly uh, it, that wasn't even his uh his main focus his main focus was never the palace the israeli palestinian uh, conflict anyway all right, all right. I but, by the way okay, by, by the way i i don't, don't want to cut you off i just want to add something because you're, you're talking about something very very important very yeah. timely it's been all over twitter the osama uh, bin Laden letter, and, and I'm going to give you all the time you need. I'm not cutting you short. I just okay. want to give a, I'm sort of setting the table for what I think you're going to say. Now, okay, after the September 11th attacks, those of us who remember it know that Osama bin Laden did a whole series of videos, you know, uh, of, of, of him standing in front of a cave with a rifle or a machine gun behind him, a Kalishnikov, and, and he'd be quoting from the Koran, giving Islamic law. And it was a real wake-up call where he actually explained what he did and why he did it and why Islam was at war with the West. And then suddenly, George Bush said, oh, no, no, we can't listen to him anymore. And he ordered all the networks to cut off those broadcasts. Uh, And and he said it was needed to protect us 
from uh, subversion by Osama when, in fact, uh, George mm. Bush was preventing us from learning who our enemy was and how we could defeat our enemy. So it was a very despicable thing that George Dish did. The second thing is, and I'm just going to be brief about this, everything you need to know about Osama bin Laden is posted on our website, libertyandprosperity.com. I wrote two articles that were published by the uh, American Thinker uh, magazine, and they tell you clearly how uh, al-Qaeda and Osama bin Laden started 300 years ago with a guy called Wahhab and how this Wahhabi movement, this war against Western civilization, had started, how deadly it was, and how... It revived in Saudi Arabia with the Saud family, which is, by the way, intermarried, intermarried with the Wahhab family, and the sophisticated Dioban school in India, how for 300 years it all led to uh, Osama bin Laden. So I just want to put that out. All right, now the time is yours, John. Go ahead. Uh, okay, I'm just wondering if that was an audio uh, from uh, Osama bin Laden saying that uh, he was you know, that he was behind 9-11 or that was actually him holding a colossal Nicole for, uh, AK-47 saying that. I don't know. Right. I'd have to look into that more. But anyway, I don't believe he was taken out on May Day 2011. And the reason why I don't think so is he wasn't hiding in a cave or a puck of kachi with an ordinary Pakistani house. No, he was caught in a, in a puck, I'm sorry, in a puck of kachi. That's an ordinary Pakistani house over the border in Pakistan. He wasn't in a cave. He wasn't in a bunker. And he already knew that the Americans had taken Afghanistan by then. So what was he doing? Just a, 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 a plain target. That's all. And also, well, well, let, let me let me answer that question. Let me answer that question because that's okay. in that Liberty and Prosperity post. Because for twenty years we were at war with the Taliban, and and Taliban is a an Urdu word, and Urdu is like a, a variant of uh, Persian or Iranian. Uh, it means students. And who were the students? Well, they were students of this school in India, a Wahhabi school called the Dioband College in uh, India, who have been working with the Saudis for 300 years. So here we were at war with the students, and yet our allies were the teachers of the students, the people who were running Pakistan, the people running Saudi Arabia. So, of course, bin Laden was a guest in their house, and, of course, they let him live comfortably until... Uh, I guess it wasn't convenient for it anymore, and then they, uh, you know, they let him go. Uh, but yeah, okay. there was no mystery at all if you understand who we're dealing with. All right, John, c- have, c- continue. Yes, I have no doubt that radical Islamism is a threat to uh, the world. Absolutely, I, I have no, I have no argument at, at all. But supposedly, his body was dumped at sea to honor an Islamic custom. Now, back in the 19th century, if you have a thousand miles to go yet, your boat's traveling, your ship is traveling at four knots, which is less less than five miles per hour, and the body's under rigor mortis, and it starts to stink the whole ship up. Yeah, you have to bury it at sea. But they could have put that body in a jet plane and had it at ground zero or Washington, D.C. within an hour. So it makes me very suspicious about what's going on. Well, it's a, it's, a, it's a shame we didn't have uh, Black Jack Pershing. We had the same jihad going on in the Philippines uh, in the early 1900s. And, of course, what, uh, what J- uh, J- John Pershing did, who led our, or led our troops in World War I, he would wrap the bodies in bacon. <laughs> <laughs> and pork uh, before burning oh, yeah. them. All right, one more point, John, then I want to get to Bob and Kate May. Go ahead. Okay, uh, okay. It, this is not really off topic. It's a part of the deception that's going on. Randy Weaver was shot, his, his wife was shot to death pregnant holding an infant child. 
Also, his son was murdered, and to keep his wife and his daughter from being murdered, he finally surrendered to the FBI. Supposedly, he was a white supremacist. Now, some of his best friends in Idaho, which is a part of the American Great Redoubt, were Native American Indians. He got along very well with them. He did go visit uh, the, uh, the surrounding Aryan, Aryan Nations compounds, and he found out how radical they were, and he got into an argument with them. And he told the FBI, he says, it's no way I'm going to go back there and tell them I'm with you now to be an informant. Now that, you know, I have a wife and kids to uh, protect. John, okay, that's a, okay, that's a whole different topic. Uh, I'm glad you brought it up, and I'm, I went, let you go there because you indulge me when I interrupted you. But uh, all right, the Randy Weaver story, that'll be a story for another day. But thank you so much for calling in, John. Have a good weekend. All right, do we have time for uh, Bob of Cape May, or do we take a break? Uh, Bob of Cape May, welcome to the program. You're on the air. Hello, Seth. Hey, look, so my vote's with DeSantis. I hope you can in- include me in your uh, impromptu well, if, if I if, if I could do it for uh, John of OC, I could do it for you. Yeah, that, yeah. That, that brings us to four Trump, three DeSantis, and one RFK Jr. We're, so, but we're, now... We're getting, <laughs> we're getting close, Seth. Look, <laughs> j- just, look, DeSantis... Oh, well, by the way, if, if you include Seth Grossman, it would be 4-4, four, four, but I, four, I, I, four, that, would, that would not be fine. fair. Though. Okay. Okay. It's going to go to the uh, House of Representatives now. So anyway, Seth, look, uh, Ron DeSantis has been the most effective governor in my lifetime in terms of implement, using the levers of government to, impl- to implement, to make conservative principles a reality. So... You know, we've been complaining. Republicans, politicians, they they give lip service, and conservatives have been complaining about the long list of items. Critical race theory, uh, Soros, that don't, that do not enforce the law. I can just go go on. You mean mean Soros-appointed prosecutors and sheriffs, right? Correct. And, yeah. and I can go on and on here. You know, uh, the, the, the transgender teaching in schools, the, uh, the, the indoctrination of our school systems, the, the, co- the higher education system that we've complained about. Well, Ron DeSantis has done something about that. All of those items and, and more. They all do not. You know, everything that we conservatives complain about does not exist in Florida. It just doesn't, because Ron DeSantis has made fundamental changes. A new college in Sarasota, where I live in, in the winter, that was a liberal bastion. Nothing but garbage was being taught there. Gender studies, Afrocentric studies, everything dealing with hating this country. And those, those, those trustees were all fired. They're all fired. Now we have... We have patriotic trustees that, that teach these kids the fundamentals of education now, okay? Uh, not indoctrin- indoctrination, but the, the fundamentals of good scholarship. All right. Now, I, I just want to ask you, because we do have to break in two minutes. One of the big Trump issues is the stolen election and voter fraud. Uh, how is it that Ron DeSantis, who was also barely elected by a very narrow margin in 2018... Uh, just as Trump was narrowly elected uh, in, in 2016, four years later, Trump faces another narrow election 2020. Uh, but DeSantis wins by a landslide in 2022. How did he overcome all the so-called voter fraud or uh, manipulation? Because he's faced this. He was just as much hated by the Democrats as Trump was for doing okay, all the things so, he did. So there are a couple answers to that question, Seth. And, and uh, the, the 
point is here that, that the performance in office is why Ron DeSantis got elected by a landslide. That's the big answer. It's not what he said, it's what he did. And that's what we should be focusing on. And the other point here is there were issues for decades with election integrity in Palm Beach County and Broward County. What did Ron DeSantis do? Well, he got rid of those hacks. Okay, he cleaned that up. So Florida, Florida's election results in in 2020, 22, they came in quickly. The, the votes were counted. It is a fair election process that we can all trust. Uh, so again, this is the effectiveness of Ron DeSantis. Okay. Uh, okay, I think we have the, to. The, the other uh, point. Uh, okay, one point, quick, then we'll break. Go ahead. Quick point about election integrity too. In the spring of 2020, President Trump was, was warned by the Attorney General of Texas, pa uh, Paxton, and by Bill Barr in May of 2020 that the Democrats were going to use the mail-in ballots because of COVID to cause all sorts of havoc with the election process and that, that the Republican Party and the Trump campaign needed to challenge that when they could do something about it. Not after the election, election was held. It was too late. And Trump did not listen. And for, forget, not listen. Forget, forget that. You had the Patterson election, city election of May 2020, where every single thing that happened in November happened in Patterson, New Jersey, eight miles away from that Bedminster, uh, you know, golf resort, right, that, that Trump has there. All right, I've, I've got a break. Uh, uh, thanks uh, for uh, Bob of uh, Cape May. Uh, we'll continue after the break. Thanksgiving done the right way, the B.F. Mazio way. You do the meal, they'll do the rest. B.F. Mazio, 601 New Road, Northfield, says that's the way to do Thanksgiving. B.F. Mazio has plenty of holiday sides, including mashed sweet potatoes, stuffing, cranberry sauce, vegetable lasagna, stuffed mushrooms, eggplant parmesan, eggplant rollatini, and so much more. Check them out online at bfmazio.com for a complete selection. Happy Thanksgiving from everyone at B.F. Mazio. If you're interested in driving one of the finest automobiles on the market today, then you'll want to check out all of the fabulous new and pre-owned Lexus at Lexus of Atlantic City. Lexus of Atlantic City, 3169 Fire Road and EHT. Driving a Lexus is like no other vehicle on the market. Test drive one for yourself at Lexus of Atlantic City. Whether it's new or pre-owned, you'll be more than satisfied. In fact, Lexus is consistently number one when it comes to customer satisfaction. Visit Lexus of Atlantic City, 3169 Fire Road and EHT. Or you can check out their outstanding selection of new, pre-owned, and L-certified pre-owned vehicles on their website, LexusofAtlanticCity.com. That's LexusofAtlanticCity.com. Or, if you want more information, call 609-641-0008. Lexus of Atlantic City, now celebrating their 26th year in the area. A dealership that you'll enjoy. No pressure, no gimmicks, no hassle, no hype. Lexus of Atlantic City, 3169 Fire Road and EHT. And remember, always online at LexusofAtlanticCity.com. Your WBG Atlantic City Electric AccuWeather forecast for South Jersey. Breezy shower in the area this morning. Partly sunny this afternoon. The gusty wind could give us a high fire threat. High today, 61. Clear tonight, low 29. Sunny day tomorrow, the high 57. Sun and clouds on Monday, the high Monday, 49. Cloudy with periods of afternoon rain Tuesday. High Tuesday at 54. I'm AccuWeather Steve Williams on WBG Talk Radio 95.5. 
And this is Seth Grossman of LibertyAndProsperity.com sitting in for John DeMassey. The uh, Liberty and Prosperity meeting is functioning very well without me, uh, going on every Saturday, 9.30 to 10.30, with uh, Brian Fitzherbert, our vice president, and a staunch Trump supporter, by the way, (laughs) leading the discussion. So I know a lot of our members actually maybe prefer it this way. All right, we have uh, Joe of Smithville. Uh, on the line. Joe, uh, I, I think you want to talk about expungement? I do. If I could say one other thing, um, you know I used to come over to the Liberty, Liberty and Prosperity meetings a lot. Yes, you did. Oh, I, if I, we, I'll, I'll preserve your anonymity, though. I'll just leave it at Joe. It's Joe Smithville. Yes, you would, and you contrib- always contribute a lot. And you always, actually, I think you brought uh, one of your offspring that brought the average age of our group down by 30 years. Uh, so uh, we appreciated well, that. That's- that's why I wanted to bring it up. She is at the um, United States Coast Guard Academy now. She's in her third class year. Um, and she went to prep school. So when she went to prep school, she was at a school where all the cadets from the Air Force, Marine Academy, from the Naval Academy, they were all there. And she always, she's like, Dad, do the people at Liberty and Prosperity know what I'm doing? And I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm on Facebook with a few of them. But just wanted to mention that it's been an incredible ride the people i've met and people she's met it's just unbelievable and she's an elected position she is secretary of her class she was uh elected that last year oh that's outstanding we'll take credit we'll say she learned about parliamentary (laughs) procedure sitting in at a liberty and prosperity business meeting maybe (laughs) yes but i was calling it about the expungement (laughs) yes and and i've been very open you know i got arrested in 1992 uh uh possession of with intent to deliver uh, seven grams. Uh, I just got a pardon, and I was not able to get an expungement, like you said, in four months. Yeah. I just got a pardon from the governor of Pennsylvania uh, on September 28th. He signed it. It was a four-and-a-half-year process. It cost me $4,500. Um, and that expunge now that I got the pardon, and the reason I couldn't get an expungement is I pled no contest. Well, I don't want to go into the weeds of your personal thing, but but let me t- talk about the whole philosophy of expungement. Because growing up in America, the truth was the truth. And uh, if you had trouble when you were young, you, uh, people would know about it. And people would know that some people with character overcame the stupidity of their youth and became far better citizens than people who who didn't do anything in their youth and didn't learn anything and actually became uh, terrible when they grew up. So it was up to each individual to judge each person based on their character, but you can't judge somebody unless you know the truth. And what we've done with expungement is we say, uh, well, uh, you, you may have done this in your youth, but if you pay a lot of money, we're going to pretend it didn't happen. So it's now a virtue to lie and say that something did not happen when it did happen, but it's okay because the government gives you a certificate uh, allowing you to lie. And, and I find that's ridiculous besides the waste of money and besides the fact that, that people are so immature and ignorant in this country that they can't accept the fact that people grow, they learn, they change, they repent, they get redemption, they overcome things in their youth. And, and that's what bothers me, where we, we trust the government, uh, that if the government says you did something 30 years ago, 
you have to be punished today, but if the government says what you did 30 years ago doesn't matter anymore, it's okay. I mean, does that make sense, what I'm saying? 100%, but the reason you need it, you can't get a job. You can't work. Right, and, 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 and again, why is it you can't get a job? Because the government has all these stupid rules that say uh, you can't get a job unless you have a diploma from a college. Uh, even if someone could learn like... Uh, uh, like that Ray Bradbury learned everything you could learn in college by going to the public library instead of evaluating people by their merit, their talent, and their achievement. We measure people by a piece of paper that the government either gives you or does not give you. And, and, and that's making us un-American, in my opinion. No, actually, I totally agree with you, but I had to do it because I know a lot of things have changed in the last few years. And I've actually, when I got arrested, I was in Temple for accounting. Well, I left that career and just figured I'll never. No, do that I don't want you on the weeds. Too much personal information there. But, okay. Uh, but, okay. But, yeah. but I'm going back. But I got new opportunities because of what happened. And you're right. It's total BS. The only reason I got it is I gave 4,500. It was a four and a half year process, and now they're going to expunge it. And now I can go get any job I want, and I can also own a firearm. And, and, and that's the unfortunate thing because when the government is corrupt, and the system is corrupt, in order to succeed. You have to be as corrupt as the government uh, to succeed, as opposed to the American virtues where you did what was right uh, and people could uh, reward you if you were right and it didn't matter what the government said or didn't say. Uh, that's what we've lost in America. Anyway, thanks for sharing your experience and so glad to hear about your daughter. Uh, now, we, all I could do is get someone else to, to take your place to bring uh, a teenager to our meetings now because our, our age is sort of getting up there. Thank you very much, Joe of Smithville. When it comes to you and your family's financial wellness, there are so many things to talk about. We could go on forever. To help guide you along the way, Joe Yakovich has written a book called The Heart of Your Money, Inspiration for Financial Wellness. In the book, Joe talks about longevity, inflation, retirement surprises, and many other topics. For your free copy of The Heart of Your Money, call the office of Joe Yakovich at JML Financial at 856-751-1771 or email Joe at jayakovich at brokersifs.com. For over 37 years, Joe Yakovich has been helping families throughout the area navigate the difficulties of a sound financial plan. You'll find Joe's approach to be different and not just the cookie-cutter methods that are prevalent in today's world. The path to your financial wellness and or retirement starts with a call to Joe Yakovich at JML Financial Group, 856-751-1771, 856-751-1771, or email Joe at jayakovich at brokersifs.com. Is registered with and securities and investment advisory services are offered through Brokers International Financial Services LLC, member SIPC. Brokers International Financial Services LLC is not an affiliated company. And this, am I on yet? And this is Seth Grossman of LibertyandProsperity.com. But because I'm a guest host, I'm not speaking for LibertyandProsperity.com, although I invite you to look at all the new stuff we posted on our website. I guarantee you uh, what we wrote about uh, with the Wahhabis and the radical Islam, uh, what's going on in Israel. If you read that, you'll probably have more information and be more knowledgeable than 80% of the so-called experts in the National Security Agency, the military, including the Israeli military. Phone lines are open 
1450. I want to make two comments of the Trump versus DeSantis thing from looking at the big picture. Uh, the big picture is forget Trump, forget DeSantis, go back 100 years. What's the biggest problem with Republicans during the past 100 years? And the difference is the Democrats get in and right away they implement their radical left agenda to screw up the country. Starting with Woodrow Wilson in 1913, gave us the income tax and the Federal Reserve. Uh, messes up the country. People vote Republican for a return to normalcy. And we have Warren Harding and Calvin Coolidge, Republican presidents in the 1920s. And they were great presidents, no matter what your woke history books say. In fact, in Margate, you have a Coolidge Avenue and a Harding Avenue in Margate, right after Washington uh, Adams and, and Jefferson Avenue in, in Margate. But the, the, even though the Republicans got in, and even though they cut the income tax, and even though they used the Federal Reserve less than the, uh, the Democrats, they didn't get rid of it. So even though you have Republicans, they do not undo the damage that was done by the previous Democrats. Same thing with Franklin Roosevelt. New Deal uh, it gives us all these wasteful government programs, gets people to get in the habit of, of voting for a living instead of working for a living. And then we have Republican. We have Eisenhower. Uh, but he does not roll back what Roosevelt did. And then you have Lyndon Johnson. He puts the Great Society. He does the open borders, increase in immigration, uh, really does a lot of damage to the country. We have the Republicans get in, Richard Nixon, Gerald Ford, uh, even Ronald Reagan does not undo the damage. So you see the pattern here? Uh, Obama did a whole lot of damage. Trump comes in and says, okay, I'm better than Obama. Well, yeah, you are better than Obama, but you didn't undo the years of damage that Obama did. Uh, you didn't reverse the policy. You didn't appoint, you didn't fire the Obama people. You didn't replace them with good conservatives. You didn't repeal the Obama laws, even when you had uh, the majority in the uh, House and the Senate. And uh, you made too many enemies for personal reasons that had nothing to do with business. So that's one argument. The second thing with, with, with Trump is he just has a different vision of what government is all about. Trump wants to be liked. He wants to be popular. He wants to be the star of the show. Uh, and yeah, you could be the star of the show and you could do all these great things all by yourself. But when you're gone, all your good stuff is gone with you. Uh, as opposed to DeSantis uh, understands you have to build up a team. You have to get people to do the job the way you would do, but they'll get the credit. Uh, you don't, you know, you don't have to get all the credit all the time. You're building up younger team members. And what you see a pattern with Trump is uh, who are the best Republican governors in America? Well, Ron DeSantis of Florida, Kemp of Georgia, uh, Yunkin in Virginia, and yet the Trump people are trashing them and tearing them down. If you want to have a good team, you build up your, your younger players uh, because the goal is for the team to win, not you to win at the expense of your team. So uh, that's my, uh, uh, I don't want to call it a rant, but that's my discussion on that. Uh, and uh, how much time we have left? We have two minutes left. Uh, let me go into the, uh, the, the oh, the, the next topic. Uh, two tragic topics, uh, which I could just touch on. In Barnegat, uh, you had 
two parents, a 71-year-old uh, father, 69-year-old mother, Eugene and Cheryl Mulgrew, had their 34-year-old son living with them. And then they got in a discussion over doing chores around the house because the 34-year-old was living in mom and dad's house. Um, and, and they were talking about maybe the 34-year-old should pay his way, help keep the house clean. To make a long story short, uh, he threatened to kill them. Uh, the parents called the police. Uh, the police were unable to do anything. The next day, the 34-year-old son stabbed the parents to death. Uh, something very similar in Wildwood. A uh, 15-year-old uh, had an argument with his mom in Wildwood. Uh, mom called the police. Kid locked himself in the room. And next thing you know, uh, the, when the police get there, the 15-year-old uh, charges the police officers and stabs uh, the officer. He's being held for uh, uh, a variety of charges. But the fact that these kids uh, committing this violence, no sense of right and wrong. And uh, we, we have to ask ourselves, um, how much of this is related to this uh, socialist idea in uh, our culture that if there's a problem in your life, it's not your fault, not your responsibility. You could just lash out and blame everybody else for your problems. That's not the American character. And if we don't change things quickly, this is not going to be the America we know. LibertyandProsperity.com. We'll be back. FM and 1450 AM WPGG Atlantic City, WENJHD3 Millville, a town square media station. WPG Talk Radio 95.5 presents Talk with a Purpose. Join the conversation by calling 609-407-1450. Now the host of Talk with a Purpose, John DeMassey. Well, John DeMassey away uh, this morning. I'll be here till 11 o'clock, and then Joe Yakovich will uh, talk about how to uh, somehow remain solvent uh, as the entire civilization uh, collapses around us, and very useful information. Uh, If you want to know more about what I'd like to talk about, what I never seem to get to, it's all posted at libertyandprosperity.com. And I hope you'll share these messages um, by hitting the uh, Facebook icon if you do Facebook, uh, on every article, and it just shares it what you've uh, read to all your friends, and same thing with Twitter or X. The other good thing about the Twitter or X icon is it puts the link in a quick little headline. So even if you don't use Twitter, you could copy and paste uh, that link and stick it in an email of your own or as a comment somewhere. Uh, I like the, I just got, a, a memory got triggered when, um, uh, Bob of Cape May called uh, and talked about uh, Ron DeSantis, governor of Florida, who's a candidate for president in the Republican primary. Although you never know it if you listen to Fox or Newsmax, uh, it seems they do whatever they can, the conservative media, to, uh, uh, to just pretend he's not there or not to, to deal with the issues he is strongest on such as turning rhetoric into action and systematically making change happen instead of complaining and whining about what's not happening. And um, the uh, conversation with, uh, with Bob of Cape May reminded me that last March, March 11th, 
uh, Bob and Kate May invited me, and I believe it was Andy of Brigantine, uh, to go uh, to Naples, Florida as uh, Bob's guest. Uh, now, he didn't pay for the plane fare. He just got us into this event at the James Madison Institute to hear Tucker Carlson, uh, not realizing that within two or three weeks, Tucker Carlson would be dismissed from uh, uh, his program with uh, Fox News. But anyway, uh, there was a lot of interest at that uh, event as to whether Trump or DeSantis would be a, uh, a better president. And uh, in his talk, um, Tucker Carlson gave a very nuanced approach. But I thought he was leaning to DeSantis because when they, they, they said, well, who's the, who, who should be the best uh, leader for America? And, um, and Tucker Carlson at that time said something like, well, if you want to have somebody to drive your car, you want to make sure they know how to operate the car. You want to make sure they know where the brakes are, how to sit, shift gears, uh, when you have to uh, get an oil change, when you need gas. In other words, you need to know the mechanics of, of running a car. And that seemed to me uh, to be an indication that while, although he liked what Trump said, he thought that uh, Ron DeSantis was, uh, had a better handle of turning, uh, of identifying the problems, of doing the planning uh, hiring the people, doing the nuts and bolts uh, work you need to make it happen. And, uh, and that's why I was shocked when two weeks later, uh, when Tucker Carlson interviewed Donald Trump, that, uh, uh, that he didn't ask any of those questions in that entire interview. It was uh, Donald Trump saying, well, I'm going to do this and I did this and uh, when I talked to the people in the Taliban, they respected me because they called me your ex- excellency, you know, and I, you know, and, and Tucker Carlson did not ask a single question of Trump as to, well, you know, you were going to build the wall. Well, why didn't you build the wall or what came up or uh, you, you said you'd enforce immigration laws, but uh, you deported fewer people than Obama. Tucker Carlson never asked that question. Um, uh, and the whole thing with the, with the COVID about uh, trusting Fauci, uh, about the riots, all these questions. And I know Trump supporters say, well, you know, Trump couldn't do this because uh, he had opposition here and he had this and he had that. But if you're going to have a presidential election uh, and the president, the leading candidate is not going to debate anybody, uh, isn't it the job of the conservative media to ask these kind of questions, to, to let Trump explain why I wanted to do this, but it didn't happen. Well, why didn't it? And what would you do different next time? Um, has Trump ever said, well, I, I, I would have done it that way, but I really misjudged the situation. If I had it to do over, I would have done this. You really don't hear that. But, the, but I don't blame Trump. I blame uh, Tucker Carlson. I, I blame uh, the Fox News uh, lineup. That just uh, you know, gives this narrative of, well, Trump said this and Trump said that. But there's a big difference to those of us who have been in government between saying what you're going to do and getting it done. Because to get it done, there are three things involved. You have to hire people who want to get it done as much as you do. If you hire people who are there for different reasons, you're going to say, let's do it this way. 
but it's not going to happen. Um, and then you also have to have people who, who really want to do it done that, uh, that if someone who you hire is not doing what you expect, you have to fire them and replace them. And then the third thing is, if you want to do something that's important, you have to be willing to be unpopular for a while. Uh, I, we now look back at Ronald Reagan, uh, who took the, probably the worst economy ever with Jimmy Carter, and he turned it around within three or four years. But during those first one or two years of Ronald Reagan being president, it was hard. You had 15, 16, 18% interest rates. Uh, people couldn't get houses. People were suffering. And people urged uh, President Reagan to, you know, to stop doing this. Uh, you look at all the suffering you're causing. And I remember uh, two years into Reagan's term, uh, the motto was stay the course. And Reagan would tell the people, yes, I know it's painful. Yes, I know it's a, a hardship. But it took us four years of Jimmy Carter to create the mess. We can't make it disappear overnight. And guess what? By the third year, things turned around. And I remember in 1983, uh, you could just see by looking around all your friends and relatives who had been driving these beat-up cars <laughs> for the last five, six years suddenly had new cars and people buying new houses and people were dressing better and people going to restaurants. But you had to go through difficult times to do that. You can't be popular all the time. But again, uh, I, I don't blame Trump. I blame this conservative media, which is why I personally uh, use that uh, program one of our uh, members at Liberty and Prosperity developed called My Take Live. Uh, that gets, uh, I think, 270 news sources. And, uh, and it has it listed by the far left, far right, and mainstream. And what will really surprise you is many, many important stories of interest to conservatives will not be in the conservative media, but will be in the radical left media. Uh, something to think of. Phone lines are open 609-407-1450. No taker, so let me go on to the next topic. Elon Musk is in trouble again. Uh, he's being roundly criticized and attacked for being an anti-Semite. And was it, what is it that Elon Musk said? Well, he said the same thing that Seth Grossman has been saying here <laughs> for the past six months, that one of the biggest causes of anti-Semitism uh, is the ADL, the Anti-Defamation League, and the so-called Jewish leadership, the Jewish establishment. And how has the ADL and how has the Jewish political establishment caused anti-Semitism even though they complain about anti-Semitism more than anyone else? And there are three components. Number one, uh, the Jewish uh, political establishment uh, and the ADL have lined themselves completely with woke Democrats to promote a uh, political agenda of open borders and immigrants from third world countries, including uh, Islamic countries where children are taught to hate Jews um, you know, as small children. So we're bringing all these people who are born and raised to hate Jews. Why? Um, number two, the uh, Jewish uh, political establishment and the ADL have consistently promoted left-wing Obama 
uh, agendas of social justice, the diversity, uh, hiring people based on um, how many diversity boxes they check off. If you're a, are you a, um, a black, Hispanic, uh, transgender, gay woman, why well, you're definitely going to get the job whether you're qualified or not. Um, and, and, and thinking that somehow this would be, um, would be good for the Jews. And then the third component is attacking the real friends of Jews and the real friends of Israel, namely Republicans, uh, evangelical Christians, and conservatives. So guess what? If you attack your, uh, your friends and you reward your enemies, you don't need a whole lot of brains to realize that you're going to end up with a whole lot more enemies and a whole lot fewer friends. And basically, that's what Elon Musk said. And now he's being uh, attacked by the mainstream media as being anti-Semitic. That's ridiculous. Um, Another thing that's uh, uh, going on, uh, and there is a lot of uh, uh, anti-Semitism, and and some of it is ridiculous, but it's hateful and it's real. And one of the worst things I've seen is the idea that the September 11th, 2001 attacks on the World Trade Center were committed by the CIA, uh, the United States government, in cahoots with Mossad, the Israeli government, to create hatred of Arabs. Uh, And as ridiculous as that is, uh, there are many, many people in the mainstream starting to buy into that, including... uh, the uh, Vivek Ramaswamy made a couple of uh, incidents like that. And also, I, I, I forget the name of uh, uh, another influence who, who I used to like, uh, who, who did the, the Blexit. I, 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 Candace Owens has been making remarks like that. And it, it's pure ignorance to say, oh, and, and the big argument was, well, uh, we all know how backward the Arabs are. So how could the Arabs possibly have, uh, have done something as sophisticated as blowing up the World Trade Center? It had to be an inside job. Uh, but again, if you would go to our libertyandprosperity.com website, and most of the sources that I used was this brilliant 400-page book by Charles Allen, one of the leading historians uh, of India. Um, he, he, he was a British historian uh, whose family had been involved in the government of India for, uh, for, for more than 100 years. So he had his family experience and he uh, admitted in 2001 that he thought he knew everything of Indian history but just found out he had learned nothing because he failed to realize the importance of the radical Wahhabi Islamic doctrine in Indian history and in the history of Saudi Arabia. But once you realize how for 300 years the uh, Wahhabi uh, cult that started in Arabia at the same time that Ben Franklin was flying his kite in Philadelphia, uh, that for 300 years these um, uh, Muslims uh, were so sophisticated that they basically defeated the Russian Empire, the Turkish Empire, the French Empire, and the British Empire, 
and we're saying they're a bunch of dummies who don't know what they're doing. Um, we'll we'll um, talk a, a little bit about some of the techniques they used. But um, we have, uh, who's that, Mary of Marlton? Welcome to the program. You're on the air. Good morning. Um, I, I happen to like Candace Owens. I like Turning Point. But I called because I have a question, Seth, and I hope and you I can And I did, too. I don't know this. what happened to her in the last uh, six weeks. <laughs> but uh, Well, I think you have to listen to everything in its entirety, particularly what she said to Tucker Carlson. I'm not here to defend her. I'm just, I do have a question, though. Well, well before and you go, I'll, I'll, said, I'll just take one point of information. She said that all the DeSantis supporters are never Trumpers who hated Trump from the beginning. Uh, now, obviously, Candace Owens never talked to me because, as everybody knows, I ran for Congress as one of Trump's biggest boosters. And I lost many friends and I have many relatives who won't talk to me to this day for enthusiastically supporting Trump in 2016 and 2018 and 2017 and 2020. But now I'm with DeSantis. So for when Candace Owens to say the DeSantis people are all, all people who never liked Trump at the beginning, that's one factual point where she was off on but i'm, I'm gonna be quiet and let you <laughs> go ahead yeah go and there is she's entitled to her opinion yes. and i don't shut anybody down as you remember i didn't believe that the uh, shot would do anything for anybody to help alleviate any symptoms or stop the spread and people thought i was crazy so she's entitled to her opinion she's just a regular person who gained some notoriety now and um she's entitled to that but my question is you know, she likes to question, and Charlie Kirk is questioning, and it's okay to question. It should be. It should be validated. And there was a young young boy, and he was badly beaten. I don't know all the particulars, but he was badly beaten, and he was beaten to death. And it was by a group of black young teenagers, and it was horrible, absolutely horrible. And his father didn't go out and retaliate. His father didn't go out and beat those kids up who did this horrible thing. He didn't go after their families. He didn't have any racial slurs. And yet, you know, what happened in Israel, and I'm not really following it, I have to be honest, but it seems like something horrible beyond belief again happened. And yet it's like an eye for an eye. And I'm really morally trying to fight my this thought in my head because yeah things happened to me and i couldn't take my matters into my own hands i had to let the legal system play out similar to trump you know sometimes it's against you and i'm just uh, you know the right. eye for an eye kind well, of thing. well first of all first first of all it's not it's not revenge that has nothing to do with it and i'll try to explain uh because uh, it'll, it'll take some time so be patient with me but I, 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 but, I'm struggling. But, okay, but wait. But what's going on in uh, in Gaza has nothing to do with Palestine. Has nothing to do with refugees. In fact, if you go to our Liberty and Prosperity post, I thought I went out there uh, when I was giving reasons why America should support Israel, and I said, ironically, one of the biggest reasons uh, is that uh, today's soldiers of the Israeli army are, are like the uh, the Knights Templar of the Crusades, who are on the front line defending civilization against this Wahhabi uh, barbaric uh, invasion. Uh, and, and it's a very sophisticated invasion. Let me tell you what's involved in it. 
Uh, the well, I, I, I got to stop you there because, you know, the Masons say they're doing the same thing. They say a lot of the, you know, they think that they're from the Knights Templar. Yeah, okay. I am on a personal uh, uh, level. Okay, I'm, I'm, okay, I'm talking to personal. So the question is, what is, what are they fighting for? What is Hamas fighting for? The first thing you have to do is the Hamas. It's an abbreviation for uh, for Harakat Maka, Makawana is al-Islami, which means it's the movement for Islamic perpetual or continuing war. So again, it has nothing to do with Gaza. It's all about, it has nothing to do with Israel. It has nothing to do with what happened 75 years ago. It's the idea that someday the entire planet must be Islamic and submit to Sharia law. That's the doctrine that Wahhab came up with in the 1700s. And he basically said that the reason that Allah no longer favored the Muslims and allowed the Christians to dominate the world in the 1700s is because they had, the Muslims had departed from the doctrine of Muhammad, which was continued jihad, uh, continuous suppression of women, uh, no music, no dancing, no literature, no free speech. Everything had to be done exactly as Muhammad did it during the Dark Ages in Arabia. And anyone, whether you're Muslim, Hindu, Buddhist, Christian, or Jewish, will be killed if you do not submit to that rule. So that's what we're dealing with. And that's a very unpopular doctrine. So what the Wahhabis have been doing for 300 years, they've been um, calling themselves the protector of local interest. So the Wahhabis would go into India and blame every problem going on in India and Pakistan and Afghanistan on the British. Uh, they'd go into Algeria and blame every problem on the French. They'd go into uh, Israel and blame every problem Muslims had on the Jews. So, they, so it was all fake. In fact, uh, when I published my article in American Thinker, someone said, you know what? To the Wahhabi uh, Islamic extremist, they care as much about Israel and Palestine as Hitler did about the Sudetenland. It's just a pretext to start a war with all the Muslims against all the, uh, uh, anyone who's not Muslim. And, uh, and one of the techniques that the Wahhabis have been doing for 300 years, they would deliberately commit these horrible atrocities. They murdered the British uh, in India in 1857. Uh, they murdered the, um, the, the Shias in Karbala uh, in, uh, I believe it was 1896, uh, uh, or 1796. So they're always committing these horrible massacres. Why? Because they know if they commit a horrible massacre, the people will be enraged and fight back against them with the same uh, barbarism, and then they could call themselves victims. Oh, look what the other people are doing to us. But to answer your so final question... you're saying this is a holy war, and the United States is involved in this, yes. even though yeah. we, we are turning into a secular society. You're, you're calling on religious people people who have faith other than being in Hamas I, I mean like I, I'm really no that, no I'm, that, I'm no I'm saying that they have uh, declared a holy war against us um, and if you're not Muslim if you don't submit to Sharia law then they want you dead uh, and you're yeah, right. ha, ha, I, I'm, I struggle with that I have to tell you again right like I know Muslim people I'm not saying they're I've ever celebrated a holiday with them or anything like that I'm not close to them 
but I, I don't think that... Well, it's, no, it's, no, it's not Muslim people. In other words, it's just like in World War II. You say, oh, I know good German people. They're good people. They're charitable. Uh, they're kind. They do this. But it didn't matter because they weren't running the government. Hitler was running the government. And the Nazis were running the government. And the SS was running the government. And if you didn't do what they told you to do, they would kill you. So, so yeah, the, the, the Wahhabis are at war with us. And um, have you been to our Liberty and Prosperity website? Because I, I really yes, I have. Okay. And how many people are there in the, on the planet that are wasabi? Out of seven and a half billion people, how many would you say? Well, they, well, there's a, a billion Muslims, and the sad thing is, and if if you would have asked me this question fifty years ago, I would have said very few are Wahhabi. But because the Wahhabis have been so good at using the Deoban school in India, and, and there's a whole history of that, which I explain in, in my... And by the way, my, my uh, post, I did a 1,200-word essay, really uh, gives you the highlights of a 400-page book by Charles Allen called God's Terrorist. But basically, what we see with uh, Hamas, which again is the abbreviation of the... Uh, the movement for the perpetual warfare of Islam uh, is really a combination of the Dioban school funded, you know, which is a sophisticated school, you know, going back for, for the most, uh, you know, advanced uh, academic techniques combined with the unlimited oil money of the Saudis, which, of course, is a Wahhab state. And, and, and they, they, uh, they also brag, by the way, that Muhammad wiped out you know, the Roman Empire, the Greek Empire, and the Persian Empire in 50 years, and his greatest weapon they brag about is deception. To, to not have your enemy think that you want to kill, they, they want to kill you. So it's very, very, it's, it's tough for civilized people to uh, wrap our heads around because we assume we're good people, we've been raised, love your neighbor as yourself. Americans especially have been trusting and treating other people fairly but to the Wahhabis, uh, that's a sign of weakness. That's how they're going to divide us, disarm us, and then kill us unless we comply. Um, and, and, yeah, it's, it's a tough sell, and it's t something few people can possibly believe. But that's what we're dealing with right now. Oh, by the way, your, 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 by the way, your, your, your final question, you said, well, that, that, uh, that it, the Israelis are in Gaza for revenge. No, they're not there for revenge. Uh, they are systematically killing the, uh, the military that caused the attacks. Now, of course, civilians are being killed because uh, as far as Hamas or the, uh, the Wahhabis are concerned, uh, they're, you know, they have 15, 20 children each. Each fighter has two or three wives. So as far as they're concerned, if five or six of their children get killed by the Israelis, they're martyrs who are going to life in paradise just as much as a fighter. And what they're well, doing... Well, the father in Las Vegas couldn't take matters into his own hands. I can't in my life. No, 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 no. But, I'm but, just but, having well, a hard okay. time with that. I, uh, well, what would you... And well, I did well, see something well, 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 on the well, internet that said... Well, I don't know if this is true, but it was on the internet that... It must be true. It was on the internet. Has, held up, <laughs> ...has said that Palestine, like he held up an actual picture of the Middle East when he was at the UN and it didn't show Palestine. So I don't know. I mean, what was that? 
Like I, I'm really struggling. Okay, with I, I, I hope you. I hope you read the stuff, and maybe we could uh, uh, talk about it in the future. But the bottom line is, when when Hamas killed the thousand women and children, and raped the women, and mutilated the bodies, and put the babies in the oven, did all that horrible stuff, they deliberately were as horrible as possible, knowing that Israel could not ignore it. And what they expected Israel to do. They expected Israel to send their soldiers into those tunnels and fight hand-to-hand with uh, Hamas in the tunnels, and that way they'd kill about five or 6,000 more Israeli soldiers. What the Israelis did, they didn't play the game. They, they just bombed the hell out of those tunnels, killed most of the fighters, and since the war started, Israel suffered 1,400 dead being at peace with Hamas and suffered 48 casualties fighting a war with Hamas because the rules of engagement Israel is following is they're going to kill the fighters wherever they are. They're doing the best they can not to kill any women and children. But if the uh, if Hamas is launching the rockets and shooting machine guns in the same room that they have their you know women and children, usually not their own wives and children, by the way, usually it's somebody else's wife, wives and children. Yes, women and children will be get, get killed, but... How do we end the war against uh, Japan in World War II? How do we end the war against Germany? War is hell. Uh, you know, uh, William, uh, was it uh, Sherman's March to the Sea? The Civil War dragged on for three years until uh, Sherman started burning the crops and starving the South to death. He brought the war to an end. Was it bad of him to do that? Uh, it was horrible. But if he didn't do it, the war would have gone on and on. Anyway, it's a complicated well, this was issue. Really helpful. I, I have to thank you. It was it was very helpful because you know our self preservation. That's what that's our natural instinct, and that's where I go. Yeah. But I really morally, you know, I have difficulty with this, and I, I appreciate your time. I appreciate what you post. Okay. And I do read it. Well, um, and I thank you for teaching. I, I'm glad to do. And sadly, uh, the, the Wahhabis are winning the war of what they call the baby jihad, that uh, they're having, each uh, man is having about 15 to 20 children. Uh, Americans, uh, our kids are finding themselves. They're not getting married. They're not having any children. Uh, They accuse Israel of genocide in Gaza, but yet when the Israelis pulled out of Gaza in 2005, there were 400,000 Arabs living there. Now there are 2 million Arabs. The population of Gaza increased by 500% in less than 20 years. Half the population is under the age of 18. They are convinced that they're going to take over the world. And they're going to take over England, France, Germany, Italy, and Spain, and America the same way they're taking over Israel. Uh, we got to wake up and be concerned about it. And I'm not looking at my clock, so we have to break. Thank you very much uh, for that call. Thanksgiving done the right way, the B.F. Mazio way. You do the meal, they'll do the rest. B.F. Mazio, 601 New Road, Northfield, says that's the way to do Thanksgiving. B.F. Mazio has plenty of holiday sides, including mashed sweet potatoes, stuffing, cranberry sauce, vegetable lasagna, stuffed mushrooms, eggplant parmesan, eggplant rollatini, and so much more. Check them out online at bfmazio.com for a complete selection. Happy Thanksgiving from everyone at B.F. Mazio. I'm Seth Grossman for LibertyAndProsperity.com. 
Last month, American Thinker published an article I wrote about the war in the Middle East. I caught 13 key facts about Israel that are known by very few Americans. I invite you to Google it or look it up at libertyandprosperity.com. One is that Palestine was never an Arab nation. It was the name that a Roman emperor gave to Israel after he crushed a Jewish rebellion there. Another is that most of Israel or Palestine was mostly empty malaria swamp and desert until about 100 years ago. Most Arabs did not move there until after Jews drained the swamps, watered the deserts, and planted trees and crops. Learn more about these and other important facts about Jews, Christians, and Arabs in and around Israel. Visit libertyandprosperity.com. Help us reach more people, join our weekly breakfast, donate what you can to keep us on the air and online. Libertyandprosperity.com. And this is Seth Grossman uh, standing in again, and I'm getting tired here, uh, but uh, it's better than sitting for John DeMassey. The phone lines are open, 609 407-1450. And uh, as we speak, uh, Liberty and Prosperity is, uh, well, if you're listening on Saturday morning as we speak, Liberty and Prosperity is meeting at Sal's Cafe uh, at Groveland Avenue and New Road in Summers Point. And if you haven't picked up that calendar yet, the teaching calendar, it's so much more than the calendar because it gives for each month an inspiring story of the people who made Liberty and Prosperity the motto of New Jersey and other great stories of people who took advantage of those opportunities to achieve spectacular success. And it didn't matter if you were black, white, you know, whether you were from Syria, Italy, uh, Ireland, we tell all the stories uh, in there. And we also tell the story of the, uh, the real Nucky Johnson and the, and the real uh, uh, Commodore. Uh, that were in board, Boardwalk Empire. <coughs> real, real quick, before I, I get to Andy of Brigantine, uh, I just want to uh, point out that you, you heard the previous caller, and uh, of course I forget her name, oh, uh, Mary of Marlton, was saying that what Israel uh, did, or is doing in Gaza, is retribution. Uh, that, that, well, you killed 1,400 of our people, so we're going to ten, kill 10,000 of your people. That is not the case at all. It's simply military tactics. That, uh, that the uh, plan of Hamas was to murder and brutally murder and rape and torture and commit such despicable things against Jews in Israel that Israel would have no choice but to invade them because if Israel would do nothing, then there'd just be another even worse attack. But of course, uh, Hamas or the, the full name, of course, the Movement for um, Continuous War by Islam, um, they had been planning this thing for 10 or 15 years. Of course, I, I got to get another <laughs> Trump thing in. Yeah, well, when Trump was president, uh, the, uh, you know, Hamas was also putting, you know, building those rockets, building those tunnels. They were preparing for years for what they did. They just didn't happen to get mad and do it one day. So they prepared for years the tunnels, the rockets, all designed stockpiling weapons. And they would force Israel to uh, attack them. And then they'd be ready uh, in their tunnels and in their bunkers and with their mines and with their booby traps. They were prepared to kill hundreds of Israeli soldiers. 
Uh, but the Israelis did not fight the war the way Hamas wanted the war to be fought. Uh, instead, they bombed. Uh, they were careful who they bombed. Uh, Hamas thought they would be exempt from the bombing by having women and children near where their fighters and their rockets and their weapons were. But the Israelis said uh, under international law, uh, human, using humans as shields is a war crime. And yes, the, the, those deaths are tragic, but we've got to win the war. And what, what is not being reported at all is the, the fact that, uh, that Israel has pretty much wiped out uh, the resistance that Hamas was going to do with casualties of less than 50 soldiers. The way Hamas figured it, they would kill between 500 and 1,000 Israeli soldiers and that they would end up really having the victory. Uh, so, uh, so no, it's not retribution. But what is really annoying, if you go on Twitter and if you see the, uh, uh, the uh, you know, all the hatred coming from the, uh, from the, the neo-Nazis, from the Muslims, from the left, uh, accusing Israel of genocide, uh, one of the best known or most, uh, um, I, I guess, the, uh, the most widely distributed claim was a, uh, a professor, college professor, specializing in uh, Holocaust studies called Raz Siegel, denounced Israel for genocide against uh, the Arabs of, um, of Gaza. And uh, guess where that professor works? He is employed at Stockton University, right here in Atlantic City, in Galloway. And he's being paid with money donated by Holocaust survivors to promote the Holocaust. And so Jews have hired a college professor um, to teach the evil of the Holocaust. And that professor is now denouncing Israel. And by the way, if you want to know the cause of the, uh, the Holocaust, very, very simple. It's called socialism. And uh, I'm, I'm just going to be very quick because I do want Andy to, in fact, before I break, I just want to point out that the key to uh, the Holocaust is national socialism. And socialism is the basic idea that if there's something in your life that you don't have, you have the right to take it from somebody else. The American tradition was always if you didn't have what you wanted, you would follow the advice of Benjamin Franklin. Um, uh, uh, and he would talk about uh, get married. He would say that uh, an unmarried person is as useless as half a pair of scissors. You'd work, you'd study, you'd save, you'd learn a skill, all these things that Franklin taught on how to improve your life. But if you're a socialist, you believe that you're entitled to good things and if you don't have what you're entitled to, you have the right to be angry at people who have more than you do. And socialism lets the government take from somebody else and give to you. Now, classical communist socialism is if you're in a working class, you take from the elite bourgeoisie. But national socialism just twisted it. That if you don't have what you want, you don't have to attack and steal from all the rich people, just the Jews. And that's how international socialism became um, national socialism, or Nazi for short. And really, this Wahhabi Islam is very similar. Uh, it's a form of socialism, which is probably why the left and the, and, and the Wahhabis get along so well. It's, well, if you're Muslim, 
you have the right to kill and steal from anyone who's not Muslim. Another form of national socialism. Let's take a break and then we'll give Andy of Brigantine all the time he wants. And I'm sure I've given him lots of fodder to, uh, <laughs> to talk to until Joe Djokovic gets here at 11. If you're interested in driving one of the finest automobiles on the market today, then you'll want to check out all of the fabulous new and pre-owned Lexus at Lexus of Atlantic City. Lexus of Atlantic City, 3169 Fire Road and EHT. Driving a Lexus is like no other vehicle on the market. Test drive one for yourself at Lexus of Atlantic City. Whether it's new or pre-owned, you'll be more than satisfied. In fact, Lexus is consistently number one when it comes to customer satisfaction. Visit Lexus of Atlantic City, 3169 Fire Road and EHT. Or you can check out their outstanding selection of new, pre-owned, and L-certified pre-owned vehicles on their website, LexusofAtlanticCity.com. That's LexusofAtlanticCity.com. Or, if you want more information, call 609-641-0008. Lexus of Atlantic City, now celebrating their 26th year in the area. A dealership that you'll enjoy. No pressure, no gimmicks, no hassle, no hype. Lexus of Atlantic City, 3169 Fire Road and EHT. And remember, always online at LexusofAtlanticCity.com. Joe Yakovich is registered with and securities and investment advisory services are offered through Brokers International Financial Services, LLC, member SIPC. Brokers International Financial Services, LLC is not an affiliated company. When it comes to you and your family's financial wellness, there are so many things to talk about. We could go on forever. To help guide you along the way, Joe Yakovich has written a book called The Heart of Your Money, Inspiration for Financial Wellness. In the book, Joe talks about longevity, inflation, retirement surprises, and many other topics. For your free copy of The Heart of Your Money, call the office of Joe Yakovich at JML Financial at 856-751-1771 or email Joe at jayakovich at brokersifs.com. For over 37 years, Joe Yakovich has been helping families throughout the area navigate the difficulties of a sound financial plan. You'll find Joe's approach to be different and not just the cookie-cutter methods that are prevalent in today's world. The path to your financial wellness and or retirement starts with a call to Joe Yakovich at JML Financial Group. 856-751-1771. 856-751-1771. Or email Joe at jayakovich at brokersifs.com. Your WPG Atlantic City Electric AccuWeather forecast for South Jersey. This afternoon, going to be clouds and sunshine, gusty winds, low humidity, and dry brush result in a high fire threat today, high 61. Clear stargazing night, but colder tonight, low dip and below freezing, 29. Plenty of sunshine tomorrow, high back up to 57 to wrap the weekend. Holiday week kicks off Monday with some sunshine giving way to clouds, high 49. I'm AccuWeather's Ruth O'Brien on WPG Talk Radio 95.5. And this is Seth Grossman back standing in for John DeMassey. Uh, please stay tuned because at 11 o'clock, uh, Joe Yakovich will be here. He's already in the studio. If you want to squeeze in one last phone call, please call in 609-407-1450 because once Joe comes in, it's going to be financial questions only. Uh, we have a patient, Andy of Brigantine. Before you get to Andy, I just want to uh, give a little inside baseball that just a few months ago, six months ago, I guess, or seven months ago, March 11th, uh, Andy of Brigantine and you know Seth Grossman of Liberty and Prosperity and 
Bob of Cape May were sitting around a table at the, uh, I guess it was the Ritz-Carlton in Naples, Florida, uh, at an event to hear Tucker Carlson giving one of his last uh, uh, speeches while he was still at Fox News. So um, since then, I guess we've gone uh, in slightly different directions, but let's uh, give the as much time as he needs to Andy of Brigantine. Andy, welcome to the program. Morning, Seth. My how the world has changed since March, March 11th, huh? <laughs> yeah. You know, you had mentioned uh, last week, and uh, I, I think I caught a little bit of you this morning. Could you, could you make it a little bit louder? Life. I just want to hear. Andy, yeah, go ahead. I'm, I'm just making my, my, the, my volume in my earphones louder. Go ahead. Okay. So uh, you had mentioned uh, the um, idea of conquering the world with our women's wombs. But, um, you know, the rest of that is through immigration and by using your own freedoms against you. And we have now seen this throughout Europe. All this radical Islamic problem that we're seeing throughout Europe is a self-inflicted wound. Britain did it to itself. Germany did it to itself. France did it to itself. You're allowing in millions of people, unfettered multiculturalism. You know, there's, there's, there's people of different cultures, different backgrounds can live together in the same country if the new people who are coming in become members of that country and adopt to their ways and their language and their rules and their laws and their culture. But we're not seeing this. We're seeing people coming in who want to bring what they had in their own country to these new countries, and it simply does not work. Um, and I'll tell you, this, this um, situation with um, Israel has really brought out some ugliness, ugly stuff in the world. And I don't know if you talked about this this morning. There's now a new trend where you have young people on TikTok now who are praising Osama bin Laden because they've read Osama bin Laden's letter to America, which I'm I'm sure you talked about. Well, 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 not enough. Let me just answer one thing. See, See, one thing that the Wahhabis have been doing for 300 years, they know that their goal is to get the whole world to submit to their version of Sharia law, which means women have no rights, women can't leave the home, women just have babies, there's no music, there's no dancing, there's no literature, there's no enjoyment, there are no libraries, and they know that that would be very unpopular if they would tell people, this is what we will do when we take over. So they never say that. What they say is, uh, we're with you against the Jews, we're with you against the Americans, we're with you against the British. They make up these family issues where they're the champion of the local people. And the interesting thing is, uh, Osama bin Laden said a whole lot of stuff as to why he did what he did, but he said it in Arabic to his followers. So if you want to know the real truth about uh, Osama bin Laden, you'd want to get translations of what he said in Arabic, but what he said in English sounded like he was writing the platform for the Democratic Party. You know, I'm for the environment, I'm for uh, green energy, I'm for against racism, I'm for diversity. In other words, he, 
he knew who the target audience was and he told them what they wanted to hear. Well, that's exactly right. And what you're talking about, where they don't really tell you what they're going to do, they tell you what you want to hear that sounds good, they're engaging in takia or Kitman or Maruna. They're allowed to lie and deceive if their goal is to further the spread of Islam. And you are correct. They are very patient. They don't care if it takes a thousand years. The reason these men are willing to die and never see the promised land because they know that they were part of the, of the process of, of the Muslim radical Islam reaching the promised land. So even if they were part of it, but didn't actually see the end result, it might be a thousand years from now, in their mind, the fact that they took part in it and died for that cause means they get their 72 virgins. Okay, okay. And, and I just, I just want to squeeze in one thing uh, that I talked about before, and anyone who saw the movie Reds, with Warren Beatty and Diane Keaton, knows the last part of the movie is where the communists go out in the middle of nowhere to a place called Baku to make an alliance with the Wahhabi Muslims right then and there because they had a common enemy. The communists wanted to bring down the British and French Empire in the United States, and so did the Wahhabi uh, Muslims. So, they, so, so, so the... Uh, the communists thought that the Wahhabis were just a bunch of uh, harmless, you know, barbarian tribesmen, didn't pay any attention. And so you had this communist leftist uh, Islamic alliance. But now it's clear that the Wahhabis were smarter than the communists because the communists in China had their one child policy, uh, the equal rights for women, no one's having kids, low birth rate in the communist countries. Whereas the Muslims are having each fighter gets three or four wives. The, each fighter has about 15 or 20 children. And they are taking over um, what used to be Russia and Europe as well as Israel and America. So they have really found the key to success uh, by using babies for their jihad. That's exactly right. And, and by 2050, um, uh, Europe will be a majority Muslim continent. And the goal is that one day, everyone in the world will either be a Muslim or be governed, controlled by Muslims. And just like the radical Islamic world, the Democrats are very patient. You know this, Seth. They've spent decades getting these radical professors who once were hippies with tie-dye who decided to put on a jacket with, with elbow patches and become teachers in our colleges. And look at what's happened over 50 years, what they're turning out. The reason we have the problems, many of the problems we have in our government is because all of those children who were a product of, of those colleges and universities over the past 50 years are now coming of age where they're now becoming members of our government. And Absolutely to- true. Andy of Brigantine, I have to break. We'll have time for a break. And then Linda of Absecon will probably get the last word in on the program before Joe Yakovich arrives at 11 o'clock. Uh, thank you, Andy. When it comes to you and your family's financial wellness, there are so many things to talk about. We could go on forever. To help guide you along the way, Joe Yakovich has written a book called The Heart of Your Money, Inspiration for Financial Wellness. 
In the book, Joe talks about longevity, inflation, retirement surprises, and many other topics. For your free copy of The Heart of Your Money, call the office of Joe Yakovich at JML Financial at 856-751-1771 or email Joe at jayakovich at brokersifs.com. For over 37 years, Joe Yakovich has been helping families throughout the area navigate the difficulties of a sound financial plan. You'll find Joe's approach to be different and not just the cookie cutter methods that are prevalent in today's world. The path to your financial wellness and or retirement starts with a call to Joe Yakovich at JML Financial Group, 856-751-1771, 856-751-1771, or email Joe at jayakovich at brokersifs.com. Joe Yakovich is registered with and securities and investment advisory services are offered through Brokers International Financial Services, LLC, member SIPC, Brokers International Financial Services LLC is not an affiliated company. And this is Seth Grossman uh, back with Talk with a Purpose uh, as uh, John DeMassey enjoys a well deserved vacation. Whatever I meant to talk about but didn't get to, uh, please visit libertyandprosperity.com uh, and look at those articles. And if you like them, please share them. And if you're around Summers Point on a Saturday morning, Please drop in between 9.30 and 10.30 because there's nothing like uh, in-person, face-to-face discussions uh, to become smarter uh, because with dialogue, uh, somebody else thinks of something you didn't think of and you think of something they didn't think of. And together in a conversation, you're smarter. Now, just enough time for Linda of Absecon to get the last word in this morning. Linda, welcome. Good morning, Seth. Good morning. So, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, and Father of Jesus Christ, gave Israel to the Jews over 3,000 years ago. He appeared to Abraham and said, I will assign this land to your offspring. And that was that, you'll find that in Genesis. And in that passage, God made a covenant with Abraham. And he repeats this covenant. That the covenant is eternal and unconditional, and that's mentioned throughout the Bible. It was a, a the longest real estate contract ever made in the Bible that I or maybe anybody else knows of. So it belongs to the Jews. And the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, and Father of Jesus Christ, is not Allah. Allah is another God worshipped by Muslims, and Abraham exercised the dictates of Allah, I believe, I guess. I'm not quite sure. But it's not the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. So, and, oh, but, well, Israel- one, th- one thing I do want to point out is, uh, and, and without going into the detail, one thing I agree with you is when you hear this talk about that uh, Judaism, Christianity, and Islam are the Abrahamic faiths, no, that's nonsense because, uh, uh, you know, Judaism and Christianity, the foundation of both religion is love your neighbor as yourself. And if you want to know who your neighbor is, just uh, read the parable of the Good Samaritan where Jesus explains that your neighbor is someone who treats you with kindness, you treat them with kindness. And there's nothing even close to that in Islam when it comes to dealing with people who are not uh, Muslims. So uh, you're right. You, you just, that, that whole uh, Abrahamic, uh, where the Abraham Accords is just ridiculous. 
Okay, I, I, I just, how much time do I have? 30 seconds, Linda. So that's that's all we got, and then we got to go. So you you have the last word. Uh, thanks, Seth. All right. Wish 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 we had more time. So I just have enough time to tell you. Uh, please uh, visit libertyandprosperity.com and please uh, pick up that teaching calendar. Put it on your coffee table. Give it to your kids. Use it for a stocking stuffer. Hanukkah's early this year. Get it for then. Uh, it's. Uh, 10 calendars for 20 bucks, but if you promise to find good homes for them, we'll give them to you for free and have a great week and weekend. 95.5 FM and 1450 AM WPTG Atlantic City, WENJHD3 Millville, a Town Square Media Station. WPG Talk Radio 95.5 presents Talk with a Purpose. Join the conversation by calling 609-407-1450. Now, the host of Talk with a Purpose, John DeMassey. Good morning, good morning, and welcome back to Talk with a Purpose. No, I am not John DeMassey. I'm Joe Yakovic, sitting in for John, but then again, I'm sitting in for myself today's show. Uh, before we start the show, I just want to remind everyone uh, the advantages right now more than ever for the uh, Thanksgiving holiday and for the Christmas holiday and and what have you is uh, the, some of the books that we have uh, have written uh, and again free of charge including the heart of your money wealth beyond taxes and bulletproof your retirement financial plan and the last one we just put together is uh, uh, the debt free for life uh, uh, book which is really phenomenal I think everyone on this call today should. Definitely uh, take advantage of it because it really gives you an idea on where we are in terms of debt in our country, but more importantly, how to get out of debt the quickest way. But all available by calling the show right now at 609-407-1450. That's 609-407-1450. And by the way, we also will bring all of you to our podcast, Heart of Your Money podcast, all major podcast platforms, it's available. Uh, my son and I, uh, we do a podcast every week, and we talk about finance, business, um, you know, things happening in the uh, financial world, and it's a really a, a, a fix, a 15-minute conversation with both of us going back and forth, some of the questions that we uh, we ask each other. Our guest today is going to be Chris uh, Canala. He's our regional VP from Howard Capital. He's going to be talking to us and talking to us about the year-end issues that we're faced with, year-end being where the market's located um, and, and managing portfolios, especially with the volatility that we're faced with. Uh, again, we're, we're seeing um, a lot of pullbacks and some talk. But at the end of the day, folks, you know, it's a strategy we put together, a plan we put together for all of you to make sure, you know, you're doing the right thing. I mean, that's the most important. I mean, don't get fixed into all the, uh, the, the hoopla you, you hear and see on the radio or TV for that matter, you know, strap on your helmet, you know, get ready because this thing we're dealing with right now with all the things that are happening in our world are affecting our money and, and inflation being a big, big one. And more importantly, you know, where are taxes are going to be in the future because of some of the tax law changes. And I've been doing this for, you know, close to 40 years. It's unbelievable, Chris. I feel like I just started last night, but, you know, being in the business as long as I've had, you know, what happens, Chris, it's really weird. You start to see and hear hear the same type of conversations you, you have with people. I mean, you really do. You sit down with them and you hear, you know, their struggles and you really listen to what's going on in their life. And more importantly, if you don't get it right, 
There's no second chance here, folks. You really have to really focus on getting it right and being with the right people. I don't care who what who you use and what companies. It really is not that as important as it is to make sure your communication with that individual is working together for your best interest, not themselves. More importantly, we are fiduciary, which means we are responsible for all our clients' conversations. So, but I want to get started. Before I, uh, I do that, just remember, um, we're going to have Chris on, and he's going to be talking to us about some of the issues dealing with portfolio management, especially in this volatile time we're de- dealing with. Remember, folks, I, I, I've been doing this for a long, long time, and, and some of the things I'm going to talk about today uh, in, in the most most important right now because it's a year-end issue. You know, what are the three most important facts you should understand and, and really take in consideration on RMD? That's required minimum distribution. This was changed just recently with the Secures Act 100 and then now 2.0. But again, the first thing you need to be aware of that it's changed from 70 and a half to 73 years of age to start the distribution. You must take your 401k, your IRAs, your 403bs, all your qualified money, not your Roth, but all your qualified money in those type of accounts, you must take it out by 73. And I don't care where it's coming from. Like I said, 401, 403b, 457, profit sharing, simple plan, IRA, and such. So just be aware of that. Also, when you do take out your RMD, if you do not take it out, <laughs> you, you love the government, they'll hit you with a 25% penalty. So these are the things that I need and want you to be aware of. Make sure you're talking to uh, your advisor or your accountant to make sure that those two dates are so important. The date you must take it out. And if you miss that date, it could cost you. Uh, and by the way, remember, it's, it's April 1st of the following year of your calendar year that you're reached or will reach. Um, 73. And for and that goes with 401ks and what have you. And some of the rules I want people to be aware of, especially uh, taking money out of a 401k, I get asked all the time, you know, Joe, what happens when I pass? What happens to my money to, you know, when I transfer it in terms of an inheritance? Now, if you have a spouse, um, they, it would automatically transfer to her or him automatically, tax-free, and they will take their required minimum distribution. But let's suppose it's a non-spouse beneficiary, such as a child or a sibling over the age of 21. With traditional IRAs, the entire account value has to be spent down to zero by the 10th year after the date of the decease. That's changed, so you need to be aware of that. So if it's a... Uh, Every uh, 401k or an IRA on a deceased going to the child, that child has to be taking that money out over a 10-year period. And if they don't, again, it's penalty and overall. the the Not the nice part of the IRS put us in this situation is that, remember, folks, when your children take the money, you're going to also force them in a higher tax bracket because it's ordinary income tax to them. And they'll have to pay the tax at that time, whatever it may be. So be aware of that. And if someone's over the age of 65 getting Medicare, that also is an issue because, again, that person will receive the money, all taxable, ordinary income tax, not capital gains. And that person will automatically have to pay the tax, also will increase their Medicare 
premium that they're paying. So you need to be aware of that. And that's why we always believe our biggest philosophy is, you know, we would prefer you to spend that money in your retirement if you're going to leave any money to anyone. I mean, I'm, I'm going to give you the best game in town, folks. It's leave them leverage, guaranteed, tax-free life insurance. Now, it's a beautiful thing, but people look at life insurance as the death benefit. No, no, no. You have to look at it as a spending mechanism. So it allows you to spend your money free willingly with taking any risk you really want. And you leave the life insurance as an inheritance. But also today, where 10 years ago when this was, you know, everybody had a, the availability of this, now they include a long-term care chronic rider on the life insurance contract. It's different than a long-term care policy standalone. Because if you, unfortunately, if you don't use it, you lose it. I mean, all the money is spent and it's gone. And there's no guarantee of premiums to be stabilized, which I had a call just before I came on. And he was telling me, yeah, my premium's going up every year a little bit. So again, we don't know how much it's going to go up. But the point is, you need to be aware of how these vehicles work in conjunction of your overall plan. And we use that vehicle quite handsomely when we're using distribution planning. It's just a, a philosophy that we have, a belief system that works. And all the majors, because I also, when I sit down with folks, and I offer them a, a movie, not that I made, but a movie that is the dilemma, the baby boomer dilemma, that's been out there for a while. And I offer it as a free uh, it's about an hour long, and it talks about the 401k debacle because it's all going to be taxable, and who knows where taxes are going to be in the future. And it talks about conversion, converging your money from a qualified taxable event to a non-qualified, which is a Roth IRA. Now, the other side of that coin, what do you do with the money? Where do you put the money? Do you put it into a high-risk situation? Or do you put it into a portfolio that you're somewhat defensive and somewhat risky? So it, it, it depends on your situation, how much money you have. But again, folks, you need to be aware of these rules and regulations because the, uh, they, when they passed it, the Act 2.0, you know, they, uh, they really made some changes. And that 10-year situation um, can really hurt you or hurt the person who's going to receive the money. So it's a, it's not a bad thing, but in the meantime, you're going to pay tax and the government's going to get their tax bite either from you or from your children. So that's something to be aware of, and I want people to be really in tune with that because that's why I incorporate insurance. You know, leave the insurance to, as an inheritance, and it could be just your children, but a charity and, and such, as opposed to holding your money and trying to hoard your money and leave that to your family. No leverage, no guaranteed, and again, I don't know, have any idea what taxes might be. So it's something we need to be aware of when you're dealing with distribution planning, uh, one of the most important things for us. And I want you to be aware of that. The other thing I want you to be aware of, sometimes people ask me, well, Joe, how do you calculate the RMD? Now, we help you with that. And the IRS it uses a what they call a unified lifetime table. And this is how they calculate an RMD. It's the balance of your account on December 31st of the preceding year. So if you divide your life expectancy up on this, 
Um, and let's just say it's 74. You took 74 and you divide it into, the, and this is how many years the IRS has put together, 23.8 years. So if you have $100,000, you take $100,000 and you divide it into 72 years old of using that calculation of 23.8 years. And you'll have to somewhere in the vicinity of about $4,200 that you must take out of that account at the following year, you turn 73. We have a caller, uh, Chris. Put him through, brother. No, Chris? We have a Chris-er? Chris is on? Okay. Well, we're going to have, give me another five seconds here, Chris, before we jump on with you. Uh, are we going to take a break yet or no? All right. We're going to take a little break before we have Chris on from um, Howard Capital. will talk to us about, again, portfolio management, what to do with volatility facing with us. Here again, we are at uh, Talk With a Purpose every Saturday from 9 to 12, WPG Talk Radio, 95.5 FN. Again, if you want to call us, you have our call letters. At, uh, and again, call us, give us a shout, and uh, we'll be more than happy to talk to you. We'll take our first break, and we'll get back with you after that. Thanksgiving done the right way, the B.F. Mazio way. You do the meal, they'll do the rest. B.F. Mazio, 601 New Road Northfield, says that's the way to do Thanksgiving. B.F. Mazio has plenty of holiday sides, including mashed sweet potatoes, stuffing, cranberry sauce, vegetable lasagna, stuffed mushrooms, eggplant parmesan, eggplant rollatini, and so much more. Check them out online at bfmazio.com for a complete selection. Happy Thanksgiving from everyone at B.F. Mazio. When it comes to you and your family's financial wellness, there are so many things to talk about. We could go on forever. To help guide you along the way, Joe Yakovich has written a book called The Heart of Your Money, Inspiration for Financial Wellness. In the book, Joe talks about longevity, inflation, retirement surprises, and many other topics. For your free copy of The Heart of Your Money, call the office of Joe Yakovich at JML Financial at 856-751-1771 or email Joe at jayakovich at brokersifs.com. For over 37 years, Joe Yakovich has been helping families throughout the area navigate the difficulties of a sound financial plan. You'll find Joe's approach to be different and not just the cookie-cutter methods that are prevalent in today's world. The path to your financial wellness and or retirement starts with a call to Joe Yakovich at JML Financial Group. 856-751-1771. 856-751-1771. Or email Joe at jayakovich at brokersifs.com. Joe Yakovich is registered with and securities and investment advisory services are offered through Brokers International Financial Services, LLC. Member SIPC. Brokers International Financial Services, LLC is not an affiliated company. Hi, this is, we're back, uh, Talk With a Purpose. Our phone numbers again are 609-407-1450. Um, my name is Joe Yakovich. I'm going to be doing the show for today uh, in replace of John DeMassey. That's in some European world traveling event, and I'm hoping he's having a, a fantastic time, and we're trying to do our best to hold down the fort. Uh, we're going to be talking to um, Chris and Chris is our friend from um, Howard Capital. Chris, you on the line, brother? Good morning, Joe. I am. How are you? Oh, good, good, good. This is Chris Canada. Uh, He's the regional VP for Howard Capital um, and one of our active managers here. 
with us, uh, with JML Financial Group, our firm uh, that we uh, we invest money with, Chris. And uh, Chris, thanks for having us today uh, and hanging out with us a little bit. Yeah, thanks. Thanks so much for having me on the show. I appreciate it, Jeff. Uh, now, Chris has been doing this for a bit, folks, and I want to. We had him on uh, a couple of months ago, and and he, I had a, a few questions for him, and he's. Uh, I hope he's uh, ready. He got his helmet on. He's got his chin strap tightened, and his uh, his uh, his shoes tightened. So we're going to ask him a few questions about what's going on in the, the marketplace. Are you ready for us? I'm ready. I'm ready. That's Bring what I want to hear, brother. That's what I want to hear. Well, tell me a little bit about the HCM, uh, Chris, if you may. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So we're we're SEC registered investment advisor out of Atlanta, Georgia. Right now, we're managing about I'd say roughly six billion um, on behalf of uh, clients as well as financial advisors. Uh, we partner with a lot of professionals like yourself, as you know, Joe. Um, and I would say what what makes us so unique and and different, right? Um, you know, for anyone who's you know watched financial news, watched CNBC, right? You see the the talking heads on the news. Um, and a lot of what they do is, is, well, we simply call it predictions or projections, right? They're making, you know, they're making opinions and they're, they're guessing when it comes to the market. We do things a little bit differently. Uh, all of our investment decisions, they come from math, right? Not, not guessing, not predictions, not projections. It's all based on math and probabilities. And that's what makes us so unique as a money manager. Nice, nice. And and we have been uh, fortunate enough to, you know, have you in our office multi-time. So you real for us, it, you really help us and help our clients understand exactly how markets work and, and what have you. But with Chris, but my biggest concern, I mean, let's face it, you've been dealing with, uh, you know, HCM, Howard Capital Management. What are this? I mean, I would think, what are this, uh, some of the key challenges that retail investors are facing today? I would say the biggest challenge that we're facing today in the marketplace um, is overall breadth of the market, right? And what I mean by that, Joe, is if you look at the market this year, right, you look at the indexes, you look at the NASDAQ, you look at the S&P 500, and they're up nicely, right? They're up very nicely this year. But if you strip out, you know, something we call the Magnificent Seven, right, there's really seven companies this year that are causing, you know, the, the great returns that we've seen in the S&P 500 and the major indexes. If you strip out those seven and if you actually do what's called equal weighting of that index, right, you'll actually see that that index is negative this year, right? So there's really seven companies out there, um, you know, that are causing the market, to, you know, to go up this, you know, this year, right? And it's, it's a great thing if you're in those seven companies, but if you're not, um, you know, and you're in, you know, in some different companies, you're probably going to have some very different results this year. So I think that's, what's been very, very challenging for a lot of, you know, traditional stock pickers, right? You know, if you're picking stocks and you don't have those magnificent seven in your portfolio, it's been an extremely challenging environment. Thankfully, we haven't had that problem again, because, you know, because we use math and they've pushed us into those, you know, those specific companies because of that. So, um, I would say I think that's the biggest challenge that investors are facing specifically this year, uh, you know, as we as we try and close out the year here, about a month and a half left to go. You know, uh, Chris, I was with a client the other day, and I will tell you, um, you are definitely point on because we looked at some numbers not too long, you know, ago. And, you know, this gentleman thought he was down. I said, no, no, no. And I gave him an update on what was going on. <laughs> you almost roared back. 
not only he made more money for the gentleman, but also because he took some withdrawals. But he was completely, you know, because what he was looking at was, you know, a little, it was uh, probably 30 days uh, prior than us meeting in terms of real accurate information. And he was astounded at the fact that it roared back so nicely. So you know, that's something that uh, with your portfolio uh, and the way you arrange it, it's sometimes you can have a very happy day and other times you're in shock. But, you know, that's that's a concern, you know, for us as we speak with you today. Uh, my question, again, would be, you know, at Howard Capital, you know, how really how they are different than thousands of other money managers that exist in a marketplace today. Yeah, and it, it, again, it's really it's it's really our process, right? Um, it's not perfect. No process is perfect. But when applied appropriately, it's it's highly effective, Right. Um, and, and what do I mean by that, right? Again, I, you know, I mentioned we use math and, and probabilities, right? So when a trade comes across our desk at Howard Capital that tells us we need to exit the market, accumulate cash in our portfolios, or you know, or, or another trade that comes across our desk and says, hey, we need to go buy Apple, we need to overweight it in our portfolios, right? Um, we we know the odds, you know, from the get go going into that trade, right? We know on the other end we have a seventy percent chance of being correct. Right. And just to put that in perspective, Joe, right, um, you know, a, a blackjack dealer has a 51 percent chance odds against a player. Right. And they build beautiful they build beautiful cities right out of that 51 percent chance of winning. Um, so we think we can do, you know, wonderfully better for our clients having a 70 percent chance of winning when we enter a specific trade and again that's what makes us different right anyone you see on the news who's you know talking about and, and you know they think they know where the market is going um you know we're under the strong belief that, that nobody really knows right it's all guessing right um and instead of guessing again we we use math we know we're not going to be right 100 percent of the time but we know 70 percent of the time we're going to be right and we're really going to drive the results home for our clients Okay, I mean, I like that answer, but let me ask you, let me dig a little deeper, if I may. Um, you know, we, we talk about this proprietary stop-loss tool, that HCM uh, byline, mm -hmm. uh, which is a non-emotional technical indicator to design to pervert, preserve capital through falling markets, and which you mentioned just, just recently here. You know, what are, why is a stop-loss risk management really important in a portfolio today? Yeah, I mean, you know, specifically, and if we go back a couple of years or you know a decade or so here, right? Mm -hmm. um, I think I think two thousand eight really puts that in perspective for a lot of people, right? right. Because a lot of people who were investors in two thousand eight, you know, within a matter of about a year and a half, they saw they saw fifty percent of their wealth vanish. That was the drawdown peak to trough that occurred on the S and P five hundred. It was fifty percent. Um, for some securities, it was more. For some securities, that you know, have, they haven't even recovered from that yet, right? So, simply put, again, as you mentioned, Joe, right, our proprietary uh, algorithm that overlays all of our investments, all of our portfolios at Howard Capital, called the HCM byline, it's our trend indicator, and it tells us when we need to move our portfolios from being potentially fully invested, like they are now. Um, to, you know, to being in cash, right? You know, sometimes specific years, right? 2008, it was a, it was a great and very opportune time to, uh, you know, quote unquote, you know, stuff cash in the, in the mattress, right? right. Um, you know, and sit on the sidelines and, and wait for things to sort themselves out. Um, again, it's very hard to predict 
and come to that conclusion. And I can tell you it was certainly uncomfortable, right, when we were making trades and making adjustments, right? But but again, we trust the math, right? Why? Because we know we have a 70% chance of winning as long as we trust that math. And the longer you give those probabilities time to mature, the better the results seem to get. So, um, so that, I think that's what makes the, again, that's what can make a big, big difference. You know, Chris, it's a great point you make. It really is because I've been doing, as I said, a long time and and I, you know, have a securities license, worked on Wall Street. So I kind of get some of the things that you're talking about, you know, uh, but you're and and I are are well aware of what is now happening in our in our world economy. I mean, with all the things that are happening, I mean, it has probably made your job a little bit more difficult, I would think. in those uh, strategies that you're we're speaking about today, uh, and that's a concern, obviously, not only for me and my investors and, and my clients, but also for you know Howard Capital. They you know there's a little of a different uh, spin that we're all looking at and feeling today than it was you know like you said five years ago. And I mean the whole world has changed dramatically through uh, you know with COVID and what have you. You know what is what would you say that Howard Capital byline was telling you what's happening today, Chris? Yeah, so right right now today, right, and the byline trades now. Right now, the byline's positive, and we're long. We're fully invested in all of our portfolios. Um, that hasn't been the case all year, right? We saw a pretty sloppy, you know, Q3 that occurred in the markets, and you know, during that time, you know, we actually started to reduce some of our equity exposure throughout that. Um, but we've seen things, I think we've seen things, you know, turn around very, very nicely. And we did get some good numbers back from an inflation standpoint, you know, this past week. Right. So, um, I think things are looking positive going into the end of the year. Right. And, and again, go, kind of going back to the things we look at, right. Math and probabilities. Um, you know, you, you, you can talk about inflation and the, and the fundamentals, um, you know, and there's, there's a lot going on in the marketplace right now, but the simple fact is when you look at Q4 historically, right, the fourth quarter, um, on average, 80% of the time, the fourth quarter in the markets is positive, right? And then the average return that investors typically see in the first, in the fourth, excuse me, the fourth quarter out of the S&P 500 is just south of 5%. I think it's about 4.8% approximately, right? So again, when you trade using math and probabilities, um, the odds would tell you that, you know, be long in the fourth quarter and, you know, wait for the Santa Claus rally, right? Again, that can change on a dime. We don't know. We don't know what tomorrow holds, right? And that's why we trade, you know, that's why we trade how we trade, right? If the trend changes, we're going to, we don't, we don't fight the trend, right? We're going to follow it. Okay. I mean, you've, you proved that, um, I mean, you, you do a grand um, job for us when you put, uh, for us, a comparison of portfolios side by side, can, you know, with a client's money, and we go back as far as we can for them to show a comparison, you know, what they owned at that time and what you would have owned. Again, predicated on uh, the risk tolerance that they filled out for us, and that's kind of what we share with our clients. And using, you know, the information from Howard Capital, you know, you've uh, in some years, you know, if you're down, the likelihood when we're looking at comparisons, the other portfolio that we're comparing to goes down a lot more. And then the up, it's, it's a lot higher. So I've seen it up close and personal uh, with your portfolios. And, uh, you know, again, it's a it's a cost fees uh, structure plan, but it's it's um, it's pretty lean and mean. 
and using uh, Howard Capital has been really a, a really a nice nice uh, way for people to receive. And by the way, Chris, just to let you know, your your statements come out. Uh, you know, systematically on a monthly basis, and it shows exactly what the clients are doing and what they've had uh, when they started that month and, and where they are as we move uh, into the month. So it, it does a nice, clean job besides us, you know, talking to the client and sharing that information with the client. Uh, and for our listeners, uh, Chris, you know, if there's more information to find out about Howard Capital and uh, the HCM byline, uh, what would what would you say that we uh, we should be doing today? reaching out to the people to besides they, they, they can call right into the radio show. Mm-hmm. Um, they can call right into your office and, uh, and speak with you. No, nope. I would say that is the best way. That's, and, I, and would you have, would you also suggest, um, Chris, that they could look, um, Howard capital up online someplace? Yeah, you could absolutely check us out online at howardcm.com. That's our website. Uh, our portfolio managers, they write a, a weekly newsletter that, you know, gives kind of a lot of insights into what we're looking at, any trend changes that we see in the market. And our uh, our founder and portfolio manager, Vance Howard, he does appear on, you know, CNBC and Fox that's quite, uh, quite frequently. So yeah. um, you can also hear him there. Yeah, but I would say the best way to learn more about us, our process, what we do is calling right into this radio show, calling right into your office and speaking with you, Joe. And that's uh, just to uh, give the number out today, uh, our phone number here is 609-407-1450. That's 609-407-1450. And, and Chris, uh, I want to thank you very much from the bottom of my heart because I know you do a grand job helping me and helping our clients uh, see the you know our best, the future of their money and where it's going, help them understand how bylines work, which, again, we spend a little extra time to explain to people it's just not picking stocks and it's not just hoping and praying. It's not, you know, some magic coin. You know, they really need to dive into a strategy, a philosophy, besides, you know, what they're doing and, and distribution and accumulation, whatever, what we're talking about to the client. So I, I know being around the Howard Capital family, it's been really, uh, for us, it's been a, a helpful way to do business with our clients. Again, thanks, Chris. We hope you um, will come back soon to see us. And I do appreciate your time today and happy, uh, happy Thanksgiving to you. Uh, Joe, happy Thanksgiving. Thanks so much for having me. And you hit the nail on the head. That's what it's about. It's about helping people. We don't want to have to see anybody go through, uh, you know, another 2008 in the investment world again. So um, that's the bottom line. It's it's really about helping folks. So thanks again, Joe, for having me. Thank you, Chris. That was Chris from Howard Capital giving us the insightfulness of what's happening for the last quarter of this year, giving us an overview on what he believes and what his companies are doing in terms of uh, the bylines. We're going to take a small break here. Is that okay there, Chris? We're going to be coming back with Talk With a Purpose. Again, our phone number, I'm Joe Yakovich. It's 609-407-1450. I look forward to getting back to you guys in a couple of minutes. Thanks. If you're interested in driving one of the finest automobiles on the market today, then you'll want to check out all of the fabulous new and pre-owned Lexus at Lexus of Atlantic City. Lexus of Atlantic City, 3169 Fire Road and EHT. Driving a Lexus is like no other vehicle on the market. Test drive one for yourself at Lexus of Atlantic City. Whether it's new or pre-owned, you'll be more than satisfied. In fact, Lexus is consistently number one when it comes to customer satisfaction. Visit Lexus of Atlantic City, 3169 Fire Road and EHT. Or you can check out their outstanding selection of new, pre-owned, and L-certified pre-owned vehicles on their website, LexusofAtlanticCity.com. 
That's LexusofAtlanticCity.com. Or if you want more information, call 609-641-0008. Lexus of Atlantic City, now celebrating their 26th year in the area. A dealership that you'll enjoy. No pressure, no gimmicks, no hassle, no hype. Lexus of Atlantic City, 3169 Fire Road and EHT. And remember, always online at LexusofAtlanticCity.com. Thanksgiving done the right way, the B.F. Mazio way. You do the meal, they'll do the rest. B.F. Mazio, 601 New Road Northfield, says that's the way to do Thanksgiving. B.F. Mazio has plenty of holiday sides, including mashed sweet potatoes, stuffing, cranberry sauce, vegetable lasagna, stuffed mushrooms, eggplant parmesan, eggplant rollatini, and so much more. Check them out online at bfmazio.com for a complete selection. Happy Thanksgiving from everyone at B.F. Mazio. Your WPG Atlantic City Electric AccuWeather forecast for South Jersey. This afternoon, going to be clouds and sunshine, gusty winds, low humidity, and dry brush result in a high fire threat today, high 61. Clear stargazing night, but colder tonight, low dipping below freezing, 29. Plenty of sunshine tomorrow, high back up to 57 to wrap the weekend. Holiday week kicks off Monday with some sunshine giving way to clouds, high 49. I'm AccuWeather's Ruth O'Brien on WPG Talk Radio 95.5. We're back again. Welcome back to all of you. This is not John Damas. This is Joe Yakovich filling in for John. This is our normal time frame that we do uh, our show um, with Talk With a Purpose. Uh, and we believe that we're giving as much information out in that small time frame of an hour to all of you. Again, our phone numbers are 609-407-1450. That's 609-407-1450. We just had uh, Chris on Canada from a regional vice president for Howard Capital talking to us uh, about uh, portfolio management and seeing what's going to take place over the next couple of months here at the year end starting next year. Also, again, folks, we don't know where uh, interest rates are heading. It looks like they've been. Uh, put on hold for a while, but the market's been all over the place, and we all know that. And he mentioned uh, uh, some of the stocks that, you know, really are holding up the market, and we're seeing that all the time. So, again, if you have any questions, give us a call uh, at the numbers here. Uh, we're on till 12 o'clock, and we look forward to getting and receiving any information that you like to ask us about uh, the money that we talk about. You know, some of the things that we do do uh, with our clients um, – a lot of, you know, we, we talk to people quite a bit. We do, we're in a process of putting another workshop on sometime in, um, in February, you'll get points of that through a radio here and some of our podcasting. And we're going to be doing one on, uh, not only money, but also debt. And, uh, you know, some of the things that we talk about quite a bit, the least the three things that I really focus on, on with our clients is not running out of money not paying too much in taxes, and not be a burden on your family. And this is health care and nursing home issues. And not running out of money is a, probably the most important thing for people to, to really start to think about because longevity becomes an issue. I can't stop that, folks. It's, it's a great thing, but it's also, it, it changes the way we do things in terms of how much money have you accumulated and, and how to take that money out. And you don't want to take out too much too soon. You know, we never know when the day is going to come that you don't show up. But at the end of the day, we need to have a strategy. I mean, we really need to have a strategy on volatility, on distribution, and more importantly, sequels of return. Because people don't really understand that. You know, when they're taking money out of a falling market, 
it's disastrous. You can really, truly run out of money quite rapidly. And nobody ever actually sits down with you or would. I do it all the time. I was with a, one of my doctor friends the other day, and we sat down, and, and I really explained the strategy on how we take a distribution the right way. You know, everybody gives you a number. You know, you could take out 8%. You could take out 6%. Well, there's a, definitely a way to do this so you do not run out of money. You need to have some risk, and everybody likes this risky market, stock market. And you also need to have some guarantee, like a pension, like a Social Security fund that will give you an income that you cannot ever lose money on and just continue to spit this dollar amount for your lifetime and or your spouse's lifetime. So you need to put a plan together specifically just for your own situation. And by the way, folks, everyone's different. I, 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 I said this, uh, what, last couple of weeks ago about Social Security. 96% of the people that take Social Security Take it wrong. I mean, you really need to sit down with someone because, unfortunately, uh, the Social Security Department is not allowed to give you information about your own Social Security. But more importantly, sit down with someone, whoever it may be, if it's us, if it's whoever, and really have a strategy. Really sit down because, folks, think about it. You're talking about a distribution that will require 20, 25 years of your lifetime. So you need to really be in tune with that. And more importantly, having somebody to understand that and meet with you at least on a yearly basis, if it's through a Zoom or if it's if it's in person, I'm a big believer of making sure people always are having these type of conversation. All right, Chris, you can give our face our first caller to us and we're ready for our friend in Ocean City. Big John, how you doing, Johnny? What's happening? Happy Thanksgiving to the Yakovitz fam. And you too, Johnny. I really appreciate that, brother. You're calling in, and happy Thanksgiving to you. I want you to eat like a pig, like you're going to the electric chair. That's what I want from you. My last meal. There you go. That's what I want to hear. Yeah. <laughs> okay, I got to ask the question in a different way. Now, you have mentioned those big shot families at the uh, Vanderbilt's and the Rockefeller's. Correct. The you Rockefeller. remember. I love you. Yeah, and also don't let the politicians off the hook, man. You got the you got the uh, Clintons and the Bushes. I'm not, I'm an equal opportunity. Uh, I get it. I get criticized. it. Yeah. So yeah, I think those big shot families look out for each other. Not just that. You have people that are very clever. They're they're able to. They're not even a part of those big shot families. You can hack into accounts in that. Now, LifeLock can protect about a million bucks. And you said that it's up to five hundred thousand dollars that a bank can protect. And you have life insurance companies that take your money. But what would your advice be to a person? I, I just excel for my lottery pipe dream. So I'm asking, what what would your advice be to a person that really wants big, like a mega millions jackpot? Thanks. Oh, man, Johnny, I love you, man. I, I First of all, we go out to Vegas right away. You understand you and I. So that's a, that's a, that's off the table there. But you know what, John? There's only a few handful of places, and you make a good point in your opening conversation with us. You know, it, all I'm following, John, to be straight with you, if I know other people, wealthy people, like the ones we mentioned, the Vanderbilts, you know, even the, the Clintons and people like that, you know, uh, people that have really super wealth, I always follow, and Kennedy's are a perfect example of it, I always follow, I, I wonder what they're doing. Now, we can't do it on their level, of course, but I wonder how they're getting around the code, the tax code, which nobody reads. I'm one of those oddball guys that read the tax code. And there are certain pages in the code, which I have no problem of sharing with people, that what I read 
is what they are doing. So I'm suggesting in the relevance of money, that is where I would put your money. You know, you need to have safety, you need to have guarantees, and you need to also have something else that most people don't even think about. Transparency. If you have a good company, and when I say good company, how do I come up with that? There's a transparency, and, and, and we use that all the time, John, to make sure that that company is not doing a venture, or we call VC, venture capitalist, or, you know, taking the money that we deposit with that company and putting it someplace else and not our country. You know, like the Cayman Islands, for instance. We don't know where that money is being held or where that money. And sometimes the, the regulators don't know. So what we try to do is find the strongest entities on the planet. We might not be Gordon Geckos at the end of the duration, but I assure you, I like to sleep good, John. And I have people sleeping good because I use those type of vehicles. But I also explain to them, if they want to take more risk, that's up to them. But you need to have a guarantee account that covers a lot of stuff. You know, it's multifaceted. It's not just to just to do a death benefit. It gives you a, a accessibility of the money tax-free. It gives you a guaranteed rate of return. It gives you a chronic care rider. It's built in. It doesn't cost you more for this vehicle, but people have never been educated properly on this particular vehicle. And I'm talking about the type of insurances that are out there. And if you really, if you really, really go into any balance sheets, John, with the, all the major companies that are out there and you look into their balance sheet, you will see that they invest in life insurance companies, believe it or not. So if they're doing it, why aren't you? And I try to get people to understand that. And it's just a part of their overall plan because if you meet anyone, John, it's, it's, it's sad as it is. If you meet all the wire houses in the radius of 100 miles, their first question would be to have with you, I'm going to share with them the rate of return. They're going to tell you about the rate of return. And they're going to talk about the timing of the market. John, that's great conversation to have with people, but it's not a way to build wealth and sleep correctly. Yeah, you might make a few bucks here and there, but at the end of the day, long-term wealth, that's the way to do it. And I've been doing this for a long time, John, so I've seen some of the you know craziest plans out there. Some did well, and some did terribly bad, really bad. And some of them have to go back to work. And we see that now more than ever because AI came into the play. You know, all this stuff is putting people out of work and you've heard it and you've seen it with this uh, EV stuff. It's, you know, I, I saw something before I got on the show, John, that the cost of filling your gas up or, or your car, up, your EV car would relate to about $17 a gallon for gas to comparison. I was like, whoa, there's something wrong with that. And I always said, even when I saw EVs, electrical vehicles come into play, how much is it going to cost us? Are they setting us up for a bang at the end? And these charging stations are not charging all the cars. I mean, the Texas cars only, but if you have another car, the charging stations are not working properly all over the place. So there's an issue with that. And that, again, is an issue with how you purchase equities, 
stocks and portfolios or pension plans on how they invest. So our biggest concern is making sure you're prudent and you'll have a number of buckets of money that you're able to pick from when the market's good, then you take that money and you spend it and use it and, and, and enjoy it. But if the case may be, you might take your profits off the table and, and then put it into the second type of bucket, which would be your guarantee bucket. So we're big believers of making sure that you have another or different buckets of money uh, that you should have moving forward. You good? All right, we're going to take another break here. And again, this is Talk With a Purpose. I'm Joe Yakovich from JML Financial Group. If you want to contact us, it's jmlfinancialgroup.com. And that's our website. Um, if you like, you can check us out, look around. It's kind of cool stuff we have on there. And we're here every Saturday from 9 to 12 on WPG Talk Radio. We'll be right back with these words. Joe Yakovich is registered with and securities and investment advisory services are offered through Brokers International Financial Services, LLC, member SIPC. Brokers International Financial Services, LLC is not an affiliated company. When it comes to you and your family's financial wellness, there are so many things to talk about. We could go on forever. To help guide you along the way, Joe Yakovich has written a book called The Heart of Your Money, Inspiration for Financial Wellness. In the book, Joe talks about longevity, inflation, retirement surprises, and many other topics. For your free copy of The Heart of Your Money, call the office of Joe Yakovich at JML Financial at 856-751-1771 or email Joe at jayakovich at brokersifs.com. For over 37 years, Joe Yakovich has been helping families throughout the area navigate the difficulties of a sound financial plan. You'll find Joe's approach to be different and not just the cookie-cutter methods that are prevalent in today's world. The path to your financial wellness and or retirement starts with a call to Joe Yakovich at JML Financial Group. 856-751-1771. 856-751-1771. Or email Joe at jayakovich at brokersifs.com. If you're interested in driving one of the finest automobiles on the market today, then you'll want to check out all of the fabulous new and pre-owned Lexus at Lexus of Atlantic City. Lexus of Atlantic City. 3169 Fire Road and EHT. Driving a Lexus is like no other vehicle on the market. Test drive one for yourself at Lexus of Atlantic City. Whether it's new or pre-owned, you'll be more than satisfied. In fact, Lexus is consistently number one when it comes to customer satisfaction. Visit Lexus of Atlantic City. 3169 Fire Road and EHT. Or you can check out their outstanding selection of new, pre-owned, and L-certified pre-owned vehicles on their website. LexusofAtlanticCity.com That's LexusofAtlanticCity.com or if you want more information, call 609-641-0008. Lexus of Atlantic City, now celebrating their 26th year in the area. A dealership that you'll enjoy. No pressure, no gimmicks, no hassle, no hype. Lexus of Atlantic City, 3169 Fire Road and EHT. And remember, always online at LexusofAtlanticCity.com. Welcome back to Talk With a Purpose. Our phone number's here is 609-407-1450. That's 609-407-1450. I'm Joe Yakovich filling in for the the legend himself, John D. He's in uh, Europe hanging and banging. I'd like uh, no call yet back from Chris and I, but I'm sure he's having a good day. We'll be here till 12. WPG Talk Radio 95.5. Any questions, please give us a shout. Again, my uh, 
My number is 856-751-1771. That's 856-751-1771. You can give us a call at our office. We'll be more than happy to set it up with an appointment, either over the phone or in person. But again, you can call into that number and on our website at jmlfinancialgroup.com, and you can actually put a, um, a time frame in our calendar to meet with us a 15, 30 or an hour conversation with me. And we set it up for you. And if there's any questions you might have for us, you can just shoot them before we meet with you. But uh, that's pretty much what we do every day, folks. And uh, again, we've been doing it for, <laughs> I'm being like an antique here. I'm like a dinosaurish coming back. But we, we love what we do. We do we love. I have my uh, lovely bride that works with me, and I have uh, my son. So when they talk about family business, let our family help yours. We're big believers of it. We believe we run an operation like a family business, a family office, and we work with uh, professionals. We work with individuals and showing them how and why our strategies are so almost, I wouldn't say perfect, but close to perfect because we give them all options to deal with. We tie in the accountant, we tie in the attorney, etc. But I've been working on something really a lot lately because this debt situation in our country is getting out of hand. I mean, forget about our own country in debt, which we all know that, but individual personal debt is up over 20. Are you ready for this, Chris? 20 trillion. That's 12 zeros, Chris, if you know what that means. 12 zeros, $20 trillion. And in the book that we, we offer to everyone that calls in or goes online and can pick it up, it's called Debt Free for Life on Tax-Free Money. But I'm looking at something here interesting, Chris, because the more I read this book, and it's only a, about a 35-pager, Chris, I, I get more information every time I read it. On chapter two, it talks about effective interest costs. Now, this is the, 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 the hear me out here. If you consider a 30-year mortgage at $100,000 at 4%, now people would think, oh, that's only a 4%. That's only in, in interest rate of 4%. That's not the case. See, it's not the amount that you have to look at. It's that what is it really truly costing you? So you make this calculation. Now, hear me out, folks. If you have a... Um, a $100,000 mortgage at 4%, and you do that over 30 years. Now, think about what I'm saying to you. You got to calculate the total payments over that lifetime of that. So you take that number, which is the 4%, it's 477.42 times 369, 360 months, 30 years. That would bring you 171871 That means on a $100,000 mortgage, Chris, we have paid or will pay 71871 in interest. Next, you're ready for this number here. Next, divide the interest paid by the entire amount. So 71871 divided into the 171000 equals 41.8. One percent. That's what the banks are making on your four percent mortgage, folks. Are you making forty-eight percent on your mortgage? Are you making forty-one percent on your investments? I don't think so. So let's show you another simpler way: a thirty-year or thirty-thousand-dollar ten-year term for a student loan at four point seven nine percent. 
If we do the same calculations of taking $350 a month times 100 months, which is 10 years, we'll come up with 37815 of total payments. But if you divide that to in 7800 into 37 at 20.86%, you're paying to the student loan. So unless you're telling me you're making that money, fine. But if I can get a, a way to get you rid of debt faster, quicker, in half the time, that gives all of us more time to save. And obviously, the quicker we can get you to save, the more money you have and the wealthier you have and the easier retirement you have. And we see this all the time, folks. We see people going into retirement with this tremendous amount of debt, and they don't know what to do about it. We get people out of debt in half the time, folks. That's the beauty of what we do. And it's really interesting when you sit there and you calculate that. My son and I do this now almost, if not, all, every day. We'll have two or three or four uh, meetings a day with people all over the country. We do a lot of business, obviously, in this neck of the wood, the tri-state area, but we find that People don't realize, and they ask this all the time, well, I never heard that before. Uh, what is that? And I'm, I'm, I'm always fascinated. I said, no one's ever sat down with you and explained to you how effective interest cost works? The banks are not going to talk to you about it. The lending institutions are not going to talk about it. But we're still going to debt for these reasons. So our objective here, folks, is to get as many people out of debt as possible, and then to save money at the same time. That's the real caveat. It's not just get you out of debt and put everything against your debt and then have the financial institutions get all your money. We have a proprietary system that will show you how step-by-step step of not only getting you out of debt, but making sure at the end of that duration, you have a bunch of money left over. And I've, and I've used this strategy on professionals, doctors, regular everyday people, people that are in their 70s, people are in their 30s. It works for everyone, but they have to be committed to do it. If you're going to be in debt and have no ambition to get out, you came to the wrong place. But if we can get you in a situation and we can get you focused, it's a tough word to say, focus today, right? Get you focused to understand I can get you out of debt in half the time. That frees up so much more money to do the things you want to do, folks. And and for me, being in a business as long as I have, it's upsetting. It really is. I'm seeing folks that can't save enough money and say to themselves, what do I do? To, how do I do this? Well, you know, you know, it's going to take, you know, another 22 years before me get out of debt. I go, well, no, I can get you out of debt in nine and a half years. And they look at me like, why didn't anybody ever explain that to me? You know, is that too good to be true? It's not too good to be true. It's just a teaching people and having them learn, slow down for a second and teach them that the numbers will work together. So one of the biggest things that we do in, in that realm is making sure that we get you out of debt the fastest way possible, but more importantly, you have a chunk of money left over. And it's really a beautiful thing when you're doing it for people and they look at you and they go, wow, look what you've done. You left, the, you, you left this debt free and you're giving us the opportunity of, of also having that money that we can do anything we want with and continue to work on that. It, it really does um, 
for us, it's really a great feeling to have when you just watch people go from 19 and a half years of debt to <laughs> nine years of debt. It's great. It's fulfilling, and it really, really works, folks. I really, really mean that, and I really want everyone to go on our website at jmlfinancialgroup.com. Check us out. Look around. Learn a bunch of stuff. There's a lot of information on there, but it will let you take 15, 30, or an hour of our time on the, uh, on the uh, uh, computer and calendar to let you know that we're able to take you through this process proprietary and find after, a, I don't know, half hour or so if it works for you or not. That's a really a key, key element. So I want everybody to get that. The other thing I want everybody to get to is that, remember, it's JML Financial Group. Our number directly at our office is 856-751-1771. And folks, take advantage of us when we're dealing with our books. We have Talk With, I mean, Talk With a Purpose is a show we're on right today, but I have a number of books that you can call in and get one for free. And they're all easy, easy peasy books. They're only, I don't know, probably 30 to 35 minute books to read, but it will give you insightful information about inflation, taxes, distribution, getting out of debt faster. It really is something that I believe that because I've been doing these things so long and people don't read the full, you know, 300 and 400 page books, these are 45-ish to to 75 page books that really will give you insightful information about getting out of debt, wealth creation, inflation, you know, those things that really are meaningful. So you have challenging questions to ask whoever you're dealing with, you know, as we move forward in this, uh, this volatile market that we're in. And again, we do not know <laughs> where taxes will be. So making sure that all of us are on point, we want to make sure we're helping you. Again, my name is Joe Yakovich from JML Financial Group. Thanks for listening. I'll be back on December 9th. Again, Chris, you can't wait to see me. Here with Talk With a Purpose, you can contact me again at 856-751-1771 or my website at jmlfinancialgroup.com. Listen to my podcast, The Heart of Your Money, for more conversations. These are on all major podcast platforms. Please, everyone, have a great weekend, and more importantly, have a great Thanksgiving. Can't wait to see you in a couple weeks. The preceding program was paid for and presented by John DeMassey.